11 o'clock comics episode 77 According to the pictures, it could be like, oh, that's, that's, that's my ringtone. Oh, man, you got to open up with some pictures now. Oh, it's already done. Oh, come oh, on. It's already done, it's man. Oh, it's so it's hard to change. It's a little, it's, it's a little bit huh? boogie. A little boogie. A little boogie. I won't say who did it, but it's one of the best he guitar it, solos it, ever. Testiverde. No. Testiverde. <laughs> P. Testicle. Oh, let's uh, let's be all spontaneous this episode. Let's go nuts. Do everything off the wall, against form. Let's just go crazy. Be but we're not sticking to the script this episode. I won't know what to do, Vince. Yeah, we will actually is- have time to, to say something this week. We don't have any oh, oh, boy. See, see, he's got a lie to make up for Snarkiness already. Not saying oh, anything. Like, like we had a gag on him. But you know what? Break the mythos. <laughs> no, the people that are shaking, literally shaking in the audience for David to say something this episode, they're all uh, waiting. Oh, please. Yeah. King Dap I'll has proclaimed. I'm room mirror and I'm pointing at you and you <laughs> and you. I see Jimmy and Spooky <laughs> and, Spooky and Spooky. Tommy. Alan. <laughs> Steve? Dallin, yeah. All right, well, I tell you what, you know, I, I had taken um, time off from uh, from after the show, and then we had Tom on last week, and Around Comics has been on vacation until next week, and I have so many comics I want to talk about. Oh, bring right, it. Good. Bring the, bring the Dude, comics. I'm so ready to talk comics tonight. Okay, because that's what we do here. We talk comics. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, and I am Vince B. I'm all jazzed up. And I'm Christopher Neesman. You are. Look at him. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're excited, Vince. You are chomping at the bit. You're like Mr. Ed on steroids. Let's go. I'm David Price. I'm just excited for my friends being excited. I am David Price, supreme ruler of the universe. The Messiah. I am the King Dap. Yahweh of comicdom. Bless you, my children. (laughs) And, of course, last and certainly least, I am Pythagoras Dupree. No, no, you're not Pythagoras Dupree. You Jay Money. You are Jay Money in the house. Jay Whistle in the haze. <laughs> Jason Wood. Oh my God. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Oh, I'm giddy tonight. Me too. It's gonna be a good one. I can tell. I read. Uh, okay, now drink you just you call. just shit all over it now. Drink roll call. Then we'll, then we're then we'll get to our esteemed sponsors. Uh, uh, Vince, you're drinking Pepsi Max. I'm uh, swilling the Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max. How about you, Wood? Uh, I'm drinking a little gin and juice, a little, little yeah. Tanqueray, a little pineapple juice. There you go. Oh, okay, that's a nice, yep. nice uh, Hamptons variation on the gangster drink, uh, Mister King Dab. Mister Mondavi Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot. Get with the go. grape. Uh, and I, I, w- I went back to the well because I'm, I'm metering them out. I'm going to try and wet my my half of the of the twelve pack because Marta said you get six of these and no more. So I'm uh, once a week uh, I'm, I'm going to have my uh, new Glarus spotted cow, so, uh, which I had from last week. And and Wood, when, next time you come out to Chicago because nobody else comes out to visit me, oh, we'll uh, we'll make oh, sure and have some uh, we'll make sure to have some uh, some spotted cow. Oh, we'll all be there in force for C2E2, I have a feeling. Yes, yes, yes. Chris, are you, 
Are your eyes brown? What color are your eyes? I'm not that full of shit. <laughs> you got me. I know. You came that in joke, August. You that joke has been August. preempted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's go. I'm ready to talk comics. And as usual, to change it up, let's have Jason do the pitch. Who sponsored this episode, Jason? We are sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. What do they do? How about selling it? I got nothing. Oh man! I use the service. I use the service. You can get Wumba discounts. Uh, Let's see, thirty-five, forty, fifty, sometimes seventy-five percent off of your favorite comics, Uh, trade paperbacks, and other assorted gear. Yep. Uh, Great family-owned business in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Beautifully packed. Tightly packed. You can ship it weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever suits you. You can have them. Bagged and boarded in mylars by themselves, whatever you want. You can have it. finicky they, like that, yeah. They aim yeah. to please. DCBService.com. If you're angry with your with your LCS or you don't have a good LCS, there is no better service on the planet than those yep. guys. Yep. And we love their sister store, too. And every in order. Com, yes. That's right. InStockTrades.com. Every order comes with a picture of a naked lady in the box. No, that's just, that's just that's 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 that's, that's crucy and drag, dude. Yeah, and that's uh, only to you, Vince. That, that's so, Vince with his balls tucked behind his legs. So yes, yeah, silence <laughs> of the of the lamb. So do yourself a huge favor, get some really good discounts on your books, and shimmy on over to dcbservice.com. You will be surprised at how cheaply you can get your books. So I never go. let it be said that I'm a good salesman. It's not my. No, you're pretty tech. good. You did you did well. But that's what we're all about this week. We're nutty. We're crazy. All right, yes. so David's going to lead us off into a Kirby discussion. Go ahead, David. Do it. I'm oh, sorry. I, my headset was all a little screwy. <laughs> Again, let's talk about something that came out t- today. I know Chris oh. bought it. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Oh. Hold on a second. Well, as nothing gets spoiled, sure. Yeah, I don't want to be spoiled. I, I like my comment. Uh, what, what are you trying to talk about? Well, hey, you know what? Oh, now, maybe if someone was here like during the pre-show warm-up. Maybe, but we're not going to talk about what you guys think we're going to talk about. We have a new a new little audio clip that I invented, oh. and it's okay. it, it's thanks to Mr. Tom Fowler, who and the listeners will not know this, but after the show last week, we were chatting it up with Mr. Tom. He said, Fowler. "Stop spoiling my shit." Yes, and he yelled at me. He scolded me. He said, Vince, you didn't give me time to get up off my butt from my drawing table to go on over to the stereo and press the pause button. And what did I ruin? I think I ruined Filthy Rich for him. Yeah, one of the uh, vertical crime books. Yeah. So, in honor of Tom Fowler, we now have a new spoiler warning. It's like 10 seconds of audio crap. Awesome for the people listening, but not for your co-host that may not have read what your guys are going to talk about. Which we don't care about them anyway. Uh, Why start uh, now? So when you hear this sound, well, that's kind of dumb because it's 10 seconds. But you'll, you'll hear it. You'll hear the spoiler warning, and that'll give you more than enough time to press the pause button on your media device or get up off your butt and go over to your stereo and press the pause button. This is for it's, Tom it's, Fowler. It should probably just be Tom, you know, 10 seconds of, of Fowler Tom bitching. bitching you out, yeah. Uh, I wasn't recording when he was doing that. See, I, I kind of well, respected you, him. Yeah, you weren't really supposed to, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Dr. Voodoo. Dude, you can't talk about Doctor. Oh Who. yes, we gonna talk about it because it was. I didn't read it. I just I didn't oh, pick it up. I haven't read it yet. Man. Dude, you can't talk about Doctor Voodoo. I'm I'm giddy for it. You can't talk about it. You can talk about it, but you can't talk about what happens in it. Okay, I won't spoil it. Yeah, Written by Mr. Rick Remender. 
and he has the perfect formula for this. A little bit old, a little bit new. Now, David, you're going to have to set this up for me because I was not, I didn't read New Avengers Volume 11, and I think that's the one where there's a hunt for the new sorcerer. Yeah, I, I didn't finish the arc, but I, I read probably the first few issues of it. It's a shame okay. nobody else on the uh, on the podcast actually read the whole thing. But well, okay, oh. Jason. Now the deal is, <laughs> Doctor Strange is still hurting from his beatdown yes. during World War Hulk. Correct. Yes. And because of him resorting to the bond with you know who, I won't spoil World War Correct. Hulk. Yep. Did the Eye of Agamotto turn him away, or did he turn away the Sorcerer no, Supreme? No, he turned it away. Okay, so there's a search for a new Sorcerer Supreme, and Brother Voodoo was selected by the Eye of Agamotto, which is Correct. very cool. And from what I'm led to believe in this issue, the Eye of Agamotto alerts Brother Voodoo to a very bad disturbance coming up. Something that voodoo that you do? Big big doings is coming down, and it's it's Dr. Voodoo's task to find this and eliminate it and it's pretty cool the way remender set it up because early on well i don't want to say it without spoiling it but uh (laughs) mr mr voodoo basically slaps one of the big bads of the magic marvel universe right across the ass and puts him in his place Mm-hmm. within the first four pages. And somebody else shows up in this issue to command the Eye of Agamotto, and I'm not going to say who, but he, uh, Voodoo held his own, which was very neat. Very cool. See, I yeah. can't say anything without spilling the beans, but it's... And it it's, absolutely looks gorgeous. The whole thing. Uh, good. Yeah. There's, there's a, a double page. You know how hot I am for the double page spreads. There's a double page spread where Doctor Strange and Brother Voodoo go to this ethereal realm and there's these gigantic gemstones floating in a circular pattern around this bone throne, and there's these wraith-like beings just screaming around it. And in every one of the crystals, you could see either a vision of something to come or a vision of something that has been, like one of them has the Punisher fighting the Hood. I don't know if that happened yet. One of them has Dracula. I'm assuming that's from the Captain Britain and MI-13 series. But there's one... Which features the Marvel zombies. You can't get away from this stuff. Yeah, it's, oh, there you it, go. It's Spider-Man. Wolf- the month flows into the second month. Yeah, it's Spider-Man, Wolverine, and it looks like uh, Moon Knight just chowing down on human flesh. So, like it or not, Marvel oh, zombies. So Moon Knight's finally in a decent book. Uh, oh, profile of Moon Knight. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and the, and in one of the right. gems, guess who we see? Who's my favorite Marvel character of all time? That's Damn. not Invisible Woman. Howard man, the Duck. Man, you're close. Man thing. Man oh, thing. Man is, thing. Is, yes, a little little portion of the man thing. So, but Chris is right. It is drawn. Oh my God, is this thing gorgeous? Drawn by Jeff DePaolo. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty. Yeah, and the color. Oh, the colors uh, shot from the hip. It's it's very down and dirty, very f- fast, loose color by uh, Jean Francois, and I'm not going to try the last name because I butchered it, and we got to call in on how to say it the correct way, but I'm not going to do it. It's B E A U L I E U. So I'll just call him Jean Francois Beau because he's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little blend of of the voodoo. We, we uh, mm-hmm. Remender gets into the Loas and the 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 Hungans and all that. Uh, right. Yeah, it's it's really good. There's a in the back they have a introducing Brother Voodoo text piece by Tony Isabella, which oh, cool. which oddly cool. enough was ripped straight from 
I think it was Tales of the Zombie. Oh, okay. <laughs> if, you, if you read it, it's like, yeah, Strange Tales 169 is coming out around June 12th. It's like, whoa, <laughs> are, are we going back? But yeah, and then there's two pages from the um, Ohatmu on Jericho Drum. Oh, and, oh, oh, you're talking my language now. <sighs> yeah, it's very neat. Worth every penny. It's three ninety nine, but it's an extra long story. Oh, and, get, be, and, be, and because I had probably at least three people comment whenever we uh, mention the um, Ohatmu. Ohatmu. That is the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Oh, mm-hmm. for, for, for people that aren't total dorks like us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, uh, it's my Bible. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. This is Alec B. Uh, hopefully, you didn't get all those attempts I've made at this phone call. <laughs> and if you did, I hope they didn't get aired. But knowing Vince, they probably did. Uh, yeah, so I'm listening to episode 74 uh, just kind of like my Saturday morning routine before I hit uh, going to work. And uh, you guys are talking about the new Moon Knight book. And, uh, you know, if you know me, uh, Moon Knight's one of my favorite characters. And, you know, as I expected, uh, the talk wasn't all uh, well and good about the character in the current, uh, the recent relaunch in recent years. Uh, but it was like Chris, uh, Chris's opinion and what he was saying that really made me uh, do the jump shake my fist at the iPod, uh, which I rarely do with your guys' show. Uh, but I just heard that, and I kind of set the iPod down and kind of cool off for a second. I picked up the phone. Uh, and I just, I got a call because I got to defend uh, Charlie Houston's Moonlight the Bottom. Uh, for me, I really like that story. Uh, Chris, you were kind of saying that, you know, in your opinion, uh, Moon Knight is sort of the simple character. He's kind of cool the way he is. There's no need to really get complicated with him. And, uh, you know, I can agree with that to a certain extent. That's what that original 1980 book was with Doug Monch and Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh It was, you know, just kind of a simple, it was a simple character. He, w- he was very much a formula. But it worked, and it really told some great stories. Uh, I would totally agree with that. But I don't know, the way you were saying it is that that's kind of, at least the way I interpreted what you were saying is uh, that's what you think they should always do. And for me, I already read that uh, in The Essential. Like, why do I want to read that again? Uh, and I think with Charlie Houston's take, he uh, the reason I like it is because he didn't do that. Um, he made a purpose, you know, him being kind of the big name uh, coming from writing novels and comics, he made a purpose for him coming over by telling his uh, story on Moonlight. Uh, he wasn't just using the formula, he was writing his own formula. Yeah, he was going with his uh, perspective, and he was taking a, he was looking at the character from a new angle. And whether you liked the whole idea of it or not, I think you got to respect it, because, again, uh, he's not doing what everybody else has done. He's actually getting creative with it, and really kind of thinking about uh, what makes Mark Spector tick in ways and all that. And... I guess another reason I do like it is that if you look at that original series, um, the whole Khonshu thing, I mean, Khonshu and the whole religion aspect's been there since, like, the early days of the character, and Monch, he brought it up in that original series, but Monch always left it kind of ambiguous, and you could kind of look at it any way you wanted. You could believe whether, you know, it happened, if it was real or not, and I think it was, you know, the bottom was all just kind of like Houston's love letter to that aspect. He was diving into those cracks Monch made and expanding upon them. 
Uh, and I just thought that was, I thought that was really cool, and I thought it brought about uh, a lot of neat ideas in that story. And also, too, uh, I like the simple aspect of Moon Knight, being the detective and sort of the supernatural cop or whatever, uh, Marvel with Batman, if you want to say. But I think uh, I think you made the character almost cooler in ways because I kind of liked a little bit more of complexity in his character. I thought it was neat. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but also too, I can see the argument of you know uh, some of the flack that it gets. It, it isn't the best written comic. I will admit to that. A lot of it does just come off as Houston kind of pasting words over over illustrations. And whether you like David Finch's artwork or not, I mean that may help or not. Uh, I can see that, and, you know, it does disrupt the flow of it in times. But I think for what Houston uh, did and what he was going for and just kind of the, I think, a good attempt that he made, I think you got to respect him uh, just for not going uh, with what is, you know, uh, expected, going against the grain and doing his own thing. And I really dig it. So, uh, Chris, don't think I have shitty taste in comics. <laughs> You're probably thinking, God... Why am I ever going to take a recommendation from this kid? Uh, but hey, man, Fear Agent is a good book. Uh, Criminal, Casanova, Proof, I love it. Uh, I just read Andy Park's Union Station as well, which you guys always talk about on AC. So uh, I do know good comics, you know, from what you guys say. <laughs> but I think, you know, hey, we all have those books that we love and everybody else considers shitty, and Moon Knight the Bottom is mine. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for putting on the show every week. I really always enjoy it. And... I had to call and defend it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this is Alec B. signing out. Take care, guys, and I will keep it. Remender made the point of saying that the whole key to this book for him is that, you know, Brother Voodoo is going to be a different kind of magician because he's, he's always practiced, you know, different. So you mentioned the Loas, Vince. It sounds like Remender did a lot of uh, <clears throat> research on, on the different Loas, and that's really, you said you're, the, the whole goal here is to really make it seem like he's using a completely different realm of magic, you know, even though he's got mm-hmm. the, the same tools. Obviously, he, everyone would wield magic in a much different way, and so it should, it should right. feel different than if it, as if, you know, Stephen Strange was still in charge. So, Well, he's, he's a medical doctor in a free clinic. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's in New Orleans, right? He's yeah. this this elderly gentleman was requesting that only Jericho tend to him. So the, uh, Jericho's tending to this old man, and this Loa just rips itself out of the old man's back. This isn't a spo- it is a spoiler, but it b- this scene does not begin and end with this Loa ripped out of the man's back while Jericho is fighting this Loa. Someone of colossal import just barges into the scene. <laughs> And, and it's there's so now there's a war on two fronts. So brother Voodoo's brother Daniel, do your research. Daniel's his dead brother. It's really neat how he does it. So just when you think you have the event sussed out, oh yeah, okay, he's gonna fight this thing. No, I'm talking big time bad dude. Waltz is in. It's like I would have a word with you. <laughs> okay, I guess I gotta tend to this now. You know, it's really neat. Sweet. I, I'm I'm really glad that um, uh, it feels like Remender is finding his feet at Marvel. Uh, I think that he had had a little a little trouble um, doing the you know the creator own to to mainstream comic um, transition. It's uh, like some of the it seemed like a lot of the jobs that he was getting you know especially at DC were the kind of uh, you know wrap this you know wrap up the last two issues of this book or bridge you know <laughs> yeah. this creative team and it was never really anything for him to come in and 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 make his mark on. 
And it was, uh, I was like, wow, it's, yeah, I'm just not feeling it with some of his, some of his mainstream stuff like I do with his creator own stuff. But, you know, characters like, you know, the Punisher and Dr. Voodoo and, you know, the, the, the stuff that he's getting, you know, uh, getting a chance to work on at Marvel. It seems like, it seems like he's really, um, biting into it and, and, and doing some, some nice Rick Remender type work where it still has that, that kind of crazy, uh, action packed off the wall sensibility. Um, but it's yeah. but it's with Marvel characters, so it's 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 cool to see. He made me a, he made me break one of my new rules today. As a matter of fact, I, I broke two rules whenever I went to the uh, the comic shop. I, Is I, that the three ninety nine rule? I don't I don't necessarily buy three ninety nine books unless they're um, unless they're oversized or you know extra pages. And I was just like, ah, okay, I'm hearing really good stuff about Dr. Voodoo and, and Rick has always been, uh, you know, good friend of the shows and, and, and just a good guy in general. So I was like, okay, I'll buy it, buy his book and I'm hearing it's good. So, uh, so I picked that up and I also about 1993, um, promised myself I would never buy an X-Men crossover ever again <laughs> and i bought uh the x-men versus agents of atlas today <laughs> and i totally forgot about this as i was looking through there i'm so glad i bought it because i was looking in the there's a backup story that is kind of like the the history of of the x-men and their first meeting with agents of atlas is what it looks like in the back it's like the original five x-men mm. i'm like man that looks pretty sweet who did that yeah. like, oh, shit, <laughs> it's, oh fuck it's omni um <laughs> and, you know, and what bums me out is that every time I look at at something that Somni has has done, I'm just like, oh man, I want to buy that page. He he doesn't sell his art. You oh, don't. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's he's dashed my hopes. You know, as I've if I've been buying some original art, I'm like, man, I would love to own like one page out of each arc of Queen and Country, which would be a really nice cross-section of artists because there's been some phenomenal folks that have worked on that. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'll never own a, uh, a Somni page because he doesn't sell any of his original art. Well, you own enough Somni uh, artwork as it is, my friend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about it. I had uh, stopped doing that. So, yeah, I broke two rules today at the at the comic shop, and I'm actually happy about it. So You can't be stopped. You're on edge. It's <laughs> <laughs> a madman. But hey, Messiah. Just, one, one second. Just back to <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to say Vince one thing about the, that. about the title of this Dr. Voodoo. Just for, it's uh-huh. a really, really smart way to title the series. Dr. Voodoo, Avenger of the Supernatural. Right, right. So you get the commingling of the Dr. Strange, the traditional magic as we have known it with that character, mixed with the voodoo of Jericho Drum, but you also get that word... Avenger in the title, which which ties the book to all the what is there uh, seventy three Avengers books it, now it, monthly it month. like it. so it's pulling it into that realm too. It's a very smart way to title the book. I I'm like just glad it. It's not a dark green book or a or a list. I don't even know what the list is yet. But, yeah. uh, but uh, Mr. Van Lenti and Pack proved that that's not necessarily a detriment. Being a dark rain book, very true. Yeah. Well, so did Jeff Parker. Very uh, true. I mean, it's only been eleven issues, but yeah. I mean, it didn't. It, it's not like that was a. Right. Um, You're right. Ages that, was a, had that, that was that, that was a stigma with the. Yep. It made sense, but anyway. oh hell yeah, it makes sense. You're right. But as we've seen on the internets today, the dark rain will be coming to an end with siege. Yeah, baby. What do you think about that? I'm looking forward to another. I'm, I've enjoyed uh, dark rain for the most part, but I'm I'm certainly looking forward to. You know, back to a post 
post dark green world. It's you know like anything else. You, you know you work something that uh, you have it for long enough, it gets stale. So I, I, yeah. even though I thought they've told some good stories, I think it's it's more than enough time for Norman Osborn to not be in every single book. So and and really, this all started with Civil War too. So it's been a long time. This storyline's been trailing through the Marvel Universe for three years. Oh, um, it feels like so much longer. It, it well, you're presuming that that that. If you're going to include Civil War and Secret Invasion, then I don't know that the story's ending, right? I mean, we just, we're going to another status quo, or whatever that do, may be. Do stories ever end? Uh, but even before Civil War, you had Secret War, you had Disassembled. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I yeah, mean, right. Bendis mm-hmm. was thinking things out because, I mean, during Disassembled, there were seeds planted for Secret Invasion. Yeah, you're right. In House of M, too, he wrote that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yep. yeah. so I, th- I think well, it all you kind can- of- you can also say that Kirby and, and Stan Absolutely. Lee planted, planted seeds of Secret Invasion with the friggin' cow <laughs> issue. Yep. Good Which, point. of course, gave us Skrull Kill Crew. Yay. So, you know. I heard that's good. That's what. I, oh, I don't know about the new series. I haven't read that yet. Yeah, I've never. I haven't read the Morrison. There's only so much yeah, the, can take. The new ones. I haven't finished reading it because it, it was a long delay between uh, the the, la- the last issue or the latest issue just came out, but it was many months between that one and the one before. It's um, it's okay. I mean, it's it's what you would expect. It's just it's a pretty over the top. Oh, Miller's it, working on that too. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Well, listen, uh, Senor uh, Dap. Did you happen to have a chance to read uh, Punisher number nine yet? Uh, yes, I did. That was the one where we find out who Henry's father is. Yes, because that's that what we were talking about a few weeks ago, and my yes, my two and... guesses were dead wrong. <laughs> so, oh, for Henry's dad? Yeah, I remember I said I thought it was either Punisher or uh, or microchip, and obviously, oh, yes, you're right. You're right. Well, hey, let's just get it. Let's use this as an opportunity to christen our new spoiler warning. Let's do it. How about that? Did you like that song? That was fantastic. That's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. That's hot. So who who was it? You guys, uh, we can say? You got to because it's a spoiler warning. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Henry is the uh, is, is um, Jigsaw's the bastard son. son. Yeah. Yeah, the Whoa. bastard son of Jigsaw. Really? Son, who, uh, he, he was not a kind father to say the least. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been a kind human being and I don't know how long, but it's, it's like I want to go back and read um, – the first volume of Essential Punisher, just so that mm-hmm. I can see Jigsaw in those Spider-Man issues where he's a little bit more warm and fuzzy. I almost had to walk away from the book after the first few issues. Uh, after I, the first few pages. Yeah, I totally agree. It was one of those things like, do they really have to show this? Like, exactly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like they, they could have implied it without having... I mean, I, I was just surprised they actually... It's funny. I was surprised they allowed that one particular scene that you're referring to to be drawn. Yeah. I, I, I wow. really... Um, like the cover did have a parental advisory warning. Yeah. yeah. What's his I dong mean, all ripped up? Like his face? No. no. He, like a quilt. I don't know no. if we want to say, because uh, if you don't, yeah, you don't read it, it might turn you off. It's we'll a pretty... Later, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's just oh, a it's really... Disturbing. Yeah. Me, yeah. Depends on your, your so. state of mind, but yeah. I think, I think oh. with us... It would be in Triple X Zombies. It wouldn't have bothered me. In 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 this, you know, it was a little. In a Punisher Max book, it might not even bother. Right, right. We have all the bases covered. David doesn't like to see harm to animals, and 
I don't like to see harm to kids, and I'm sure Jason doesn't, and Chris. So, yeah, Chris with yeah. the animals, too. So it's either got to be a, a kid or an animal. Exactly. Right? The whole... Supreme ruler of the universe. <laughs> just behave. You got, you got a hands-free set, right? You talk with a, with a headset, right, David? That's his mouth. With that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because I'm sure it's, you know, it's otherwise it would be hard while you're nailed up to that cross. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're talking every day. He tried to do it himself, but you can, you can never hammer that last nail in. You're right. I, <laughs> yeah, I so just, I just wanted to bring that up because, I, I mean, I don't have much to say about the issue other than that, but, but yeah, I thought it no, was. No, yeah, uh, well, since I finally got to read it yet. No, I, um. Jason totally I'm, walked all over the Messiah. I'm digging the whole, who, who wouldn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> The whole the whole storyline with 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 the bad guys and and uh, and the not quite GW bridge and everything is just I I really do like this uh, this arc and I'm I'm kind of I kind of don't want it to end but I'm I am interested to see where where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping on next issue. Cool, of course you are. That's that's where Tony Moore comes in. Yes, you got it. You got it. Ooh, nice. Is it the yeah. next issue or is it eleven? It's number, yeah, number I, I, ten. I think it's right, probably- it's ten ten. I think the next issue might end this arc. Right. I'd be surprised if if Watt doesn't finish it. What? what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> because uh, have have you seen the cover for? Oh, I guess it's eleven now. Man Thing, Morbius, Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I think Come that's the, that's right. when Moore takes over. Right. That's two yeah. issues from now. All right, I'm in. In like Flynn. Nice. It's our place to make sense of this darkness, to find our way back to the light for the sake of the innocent and the uncorrupted. Do you imagine whoever lost this finger does not want to be rescued? And if he is if he is in no state to be rescued, does he not want to be avenged or laid to rest or given closure? It's a sad fact and an awful truth. Sometimes, in the course of this job, you're going to eat terrible things all in the name of justice. As distasteful as it is to ingest a decaying finger, it is for the greater good and sometimes our only choice. It's a choice you already made once when you decided to dine on an unrepentant killer in order to find the identity of his victims. This thing we both share, sibopathy, or sibopathy. I fucked that up, didn't I? It's a gift, though it often may seem the opposite. It is also an obligation, a modest means of defence against a world that can be unspeakably cruel and terribly violent. Now, if you don't mind... And then he offers the guy the finger, and he eats it. Um, Chew lives up to the hype. Fuck eBay. And buying issue one for $90, get a fourth print, and get caught up. Because this book is fan-fucking-tastic. Bye, Chew. There you go. So my son's going to go to a fancy dress party this afternoon, and he no longer fits into his Ben 10, original Ben 10 dress-up. And we decide that, okay, can't have him going in snug belly-top Ben 10 outfit. Uh, it doesn't fit you anymore. Take it to the toy store. There's a big sale on, see what we can pick up. And my wife just texted me they intended on getting the Ben 10 Alien Force with green jacket, Looking good um, for my for my son. He's going to come like a bouncy castle party, and uh, that would have been his uh, his first choice. However, just had a call from the wife. He's bypassed the Ben 10 Alien Force and gone straight to the Wolverine dress up. 
with claws and mask. All I'm going to say is, uh, Bouncy Castle, watch out, stinkity snick, because uh, there's a six-year-old coming with a lot of Wolverine knowledge, and uh, he's probably going to mess up your Bouncy Castle pretty good. He's the best at what he does. So, very proud dad. Um, I'm tr- probably going to try and fit in that when I get home. There you go. What you guys been reading? It's been a while since we just talked comics. We, we all agree to have stacks of shit to talk about. I, I read a ton of books. Can I talk about a non-Marvel book? Do you mind? I, I would. I, I don't know if we're, you're allowed to anymore. I mean, you've pretty much reclaimed your throne of uh, yeah. head of the yeah, open. Yeah, but, but yeah, we, we just we just let off with we talked about four <laughs> Marvel books. You guys ready to put a fucking moratorium on this shit? That's because DC stopped sending their checks. Well, hey, but not decent books. Prepare for the mass resurrection because you know it's coming. Damn. That's- that's one of those David A. Price snark uh-huh. comments I usually miss while we're recording because yeah. he says it's so low, and then I hear it back and I laugh my ass off. But this time I caught it. That was for you. I nice. am taking care <laughs> of my bone my to pick promise. Up then, by the way, <laughs> what's the bone? Show us the I bone. Gonna, I was going to pick up. Uh, yeah, here's here's my uh, here's my anti-Marvel sentiment of the week. I was going to pick up the X-Men Noir trade today. I saw it uh, solicited and um, or that it was coming out. Uh, I checked my pull list in that. It was uh, fourteen ninety nine for four issues, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, which I, I still think is a little pricey for a four issue series to be to be fifteen bucks for the trade. It's whatever. It's it, it, that's fine. I went there. It's not even comic book size. They cut the size of it down. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's the Wolverine it's like, uh, Weapon X size, the little smaller one. It's the it's the in between. Di- it's like the in between digest and normal trade size. Uh-huh. It's, it's, oh, it's I like, love oh, that. That's what Vince was raving about. What a yeah. Yeah. Wolverine, but yeah. yeah. Is it oh, hardcover? Oh, oh, make it fucking nine ninety nine, you fucking money grubbing bastards. If oh, you're gonna one, do that. One question fine. though, is it hardcover? What? No. Of course, oh, no. Okay. Are you if it was hardcover it would be thirty nine ninety nine. Speaking That's true. of that is 39. the new going rate for uh, uh-huh. for hardcovers, I've noticed. Thirty four ninety nine and thirty nine ninety nine, yeah. And did you also notice that the last omnibus that they put out was hundred and twenty five dollars? I did notice that, yeah. Right, but that because uh-huh. wow. that the, well, but the material demands it. It's the Marvel Marvel mystery. Seventy. Balance. Oh, it was the Marvel. It was the stuff that they don't have to pay any uh, royalties to anybody because everyone's dead. One. Right. How, but how if, many, if you many... were to buy one of those issues, it would cost you far more than. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But right. yeah, but don't 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 say that they that they raise the price on it because the 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 content warrants it. The, well, how much the, content the, is there? I mean, that, that's, that's my concern. It's, it's smaller than the Spider-Man omnibus. It, it's it's a normal, you know, it's a regular omnibus-sized omnibus, about the size of the Daredevil one. Um, and it's nice. It's awesome. The And Vince is right. There's no way that you're going to get this material in any other format, but they charge $125 for it because they can. Right. And see, so, I would be more likely to pay $125 for that than a book I recently bought bought at Borders because I had a 30% educator's discount mm-hmm. the past, uh, I think it was the past weekend, and they gave you $5 free Borders bucks. Uh-huh. So, uh, and that's the only reason why I bought this book, but I've recently decided that it's cheaper to read the monthlies than it is to buy the trades now it, because yeah. I bought the Son of Hulk, the second volume in the Scar Son of Hulk series. I think it's Scar seven to twelve mm-hmm. and Planet Scar Prelude. The mm-hmm. thing is twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, for six issues. I was like, "What, David? Say it. What? What? 
Yeah. What? Okay. So, doesn't but, he, so doesn't, with, he does, doesn't he do the Punisher? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. And after all my discounts, it came out to sixteen bucks, which is what I want to pay for that. Right. But sure, there's sure. no way in hell I was paying thirty dollars. No, it, it's way cheaper to buy the single issues because yeah. with our discount, we get them for like dollar seventy nine at the most, two dollars mm-hmm. and and yeah. change. So it doesn't make sense to wait for the trade anymore. Maybe that's what they're trying to steer us away from. Is is I, I don't know. I don't back. know. I just I thought that was a little a little crazy. I was gonna buy it if it was like regular trade size. I would have. But I was like an undersized trade for you know for well, only, and again, um, only four that's, issues that's for fifteen dollars. As we as we seem to sometimes do sometimes, let's not pretend that this is just a Marvel thing. The Distinguished Competition just put out uh, Flash Rebirth uh, Absolute, which has uh, you know not that many issues for seventy five beans. And this oh, is not the, 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 oh, the Green Lantern, dollar like green lan- yeah, yeah, the Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute. Not Flash. Sorry, I'm got, uh, yeah Green Lantern Rebirth. Uh, so yeah, they're all the same. You know, I mean that's just, that's that's the business now, right? That we we all said people <laughs> that thought they were going to be but saving it's, money. It's, What's and that? That's, that's something that came out like so. So we're comparing something. That came out three years ago, as opposed to seventy, seventy-five years ago. Well, no, no, no I'm just saying I'm, that's. No, I know you are. No, no, yeah. right. yeah. Slap fight. I want to see a slap fight. Dude. No, I'm agreeing. No, Jason and I are seeing eye to eye on this. I mean, I I said weeks ago when when they first announced the absolute rebirth, I was like, seriously, seventy yeah, bucks. It's a, it's a little this. crazy. Yeah. Speaking of Johns, but I, I'll get I'm I'll get to my book in a second. But speaking of Johns, how about that DC? Was it a press release or a news item that said that basically Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns will be driving the DC bus for yeah. the next couple but of years? Look at the sales charts. It seems to be the way it's going anyway. Yeah. yeah, David had made an allusion to that a couple of days before, as, as we shouldn't be surprised the Messiah was prescient about something yet again. Uh, but he had made a reference in that thread about DC having made a little bit of an inroad lately with the sales numbers against Marvel, and he had said, you know, that I hope DC's being real, real nice to Johns and Morrison. And um, I mean, to me, that press release just kind of said what's already the status quo. I mean, they've been for the last few years, they've been the two guys that can sell books. Sure. I mean, I don't, so yeah, I just right. don't know. It would be like, they, it would be like they, Marvel coming out and saying. Oh, you know, Bendis, Bendis. and and Bendis and Brubaker yeah. are going to write a bunch of books. It's like, oh, yeah. no shit. But and they did. They did hint at the fact that Morrison would probably be doing a Wonder Woman book, and didn't they mm-hmm. see a Superman book too? Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can get the Trinity thing going. Right. Well, that's big doing. Absolutely. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think the Morrison. It's been so long since Wonder Woman's been incomprehensible. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> normally, scales, normally scales. I'd be in your camp, but. Gail has done a nice job on Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Wonder Woman is a harder book to write than the Fantastic Four, and Gail's doing a nice job with it. Wonder Woman has never done anything for me. I I just can't warm up to the character. She's hot. I like looking at beautifully drawn women. But even when Perez was was drawing it way back in the day, I I bought the Rucka Run. I I just can't can't get into the character. It's like whatever. The Rucka Run wasn't bad. And but yeah, I think the last time I was really into Wonder Woman, her whole universe, and was was after the Perez Potter rebirth uh, reboot and uh, War of the Gods. After that, it really wasn't anything there going on that interested me. Yeah, mm. you're right. And and the the new series is really nicely drawn, all, straight across well, how the board. How could it not be with Lepresti? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I just don't get into the character, can, and it's can, not a well, female thing, right? The, a big problem. I can hear I people think we've, railing we've, at Vince right now. Oh, you're bitching about Aurora. You're bitching about Wonder Woman. You hate Powell's. <laughs> no, you, you are know, Dave Sims. I think we've talked about it Sims. before. I don't know if there has been <laughs> Sims. Like, I said Sims. 
Has there been, you know, that one Wonder Woman story that is, you know, the the quintessential Wonder Woman story? Where it's like someone says, hey, I'd like to read Wonder Woman. What should I read? And, you know, there's no, like, you know, Dark Knight. Uh, it's, there's right. no, you know, there's no one mm-hmm. Wonder Woman story. It's like, yeah, this is the one that you need to, that oh, you need uh, to read. Oh, it's the yet published Adam Hughes Wonder Woman, right? Yeah. She's yeah. a very yeah. good, in, in the culinary dish that is comic she's a very good spice to other stories no really used to great effect in uh dark knight strikes again which a lot of people don't like i don't care i like it uh you know and she's great she's great in the jla whenever writers use her oh obsidian age she's one of the best parts of it but on her own ah, you know it's like eating allspice ugh you, it's not a meal. It's just like a, a something that enhances other stuff. But again, mm. I I just don't have a, a great grasp on the character, so it's made probably me. Sure. I don't know. So let's say we talk about a comic we are enjoying. Okay, this is written by Phil Hester. Ooh. Okay, who we, who we like, whose name we like to drop every once in a while. Published I think Phil by writes, writes more than he draws anymore. He writes a lot of stuff. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. yeah, I consider him a writer more than a, yeah. Published He's by there. Harris Comics. So you know who I'm talking about. Where we're going. Yes, it's Vampirella, Second Coming, issue number one. Oh, boy. Uh, see? Right. Uh, that's why I said Phil Hester off the bat, because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to turn into the leaky tires. You know? uh, written, by, written by Phil Hester. The artist is Danielle Sampier. Colorist was Romulo Fajardo, Jr., Priced at a dollar ninety nine for twenty pages of story and art. Not 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 a bad deal. Um, stop it. Uh, it, w- <laughs> it was released with four different covers. Shocker. One by Stunned. Joe Jesco did one. Our buddy Ryan Stegman. Wow, really? Oh, Stegman Arth- did one. That's cool. Yes, Arthur Soydem did a fantastic. Woo-hoo! But the one I got was done by the go to artist for Vampirella, and that's Jose Gonzalez. God rest his soul. And in fact, this issue is dedicated to Forrest J. Ackerman. If you know your Vampirella history, for he created the character. Archie Goodwin, who wrote the bulk of the, geez, the first couple years wow. of, the war, of the Warren stories. And Jose Gonzalez. It's uh, the first part of a four-issue miniseries. What they're trying to do is turn the character of Vampirella into a Grendel-like entity where the mantle is passed on to different characters, ah. which is a kind of cool take on it, yeah. because mm-hmm. Harris has proved that even under the, the direction of Mark Miller and Grant Morrison, a lot of people missed the point with Vampirella. Some of them hit the mark, but more often than not, they kind of just turn it into a vampire story, and that's really not what Vampirella is. It, Did they mess with her origins at all? Like she's still an alien? She's from Draculon, yeah. Okay. But uh, there there were some stories where, no, that was just a dream, or you right. were manipulated into thinking it, and then they embraced it at one point where, oh, oh you're an alien. But this, for, as far as this first issue goes, none of that matters. Hester starts off the story with a woman named Kelly Robinson, who's a black social worker for the Trinidad Women's Resource Action Center. So... That sets up the sympathy of the character. She deals with battered and abused women. She's uh, she's in a kind of vulnerable spot because all these emotions are swirling around her all every day. And she's bombarded with imagery connected somehow to Vampirella. She's given uh, directions to watch a viral video showcasing the uh, demise 
of the vampire from Draculon. She she sees many instances of this V-shaped sigil painted around town, and it's tattooed on one of uh, the women at her resource center. And she even has these mental flashbacks of actually encountering Vampirella. 10 years in the past and and she was marked by the vampire which means she was bitten but Hester does a really good job of telling a new story but he hearkens to the past he includes Mordecai Pendragon ding every time something connects with the old Warren Vampirella I'm going to ring the bell Mordecai Pendragon was Vampire's old sidekick from the Warren days the magician do you remember any of you who have, you if you have even paged through an issue of Vampirella from way back when you saw Pendragon? He was always by her side. And uh, Kelly Robinson encounters Mordecai in the law library, and he's spray painting the V on the side on a wall, and he, and he's completely addled. He's like doesn't know why he's doing it. And uh, when she confronts him, you don't know exactly how that leads to her. And I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it because it is the first issue and other things are going to happen. At the end of the issue, she commits suicide. She wow. gets, she gets a straight razor, drags it across her neck, and the blood just, she's completely nude. The blood, they don't show it. They, they're, it's very suggestive. So she, she cuts her throat and, and the way the blood streams down her body, have you ever, well, I'm going to assume you've seen Vampirella's costume, how it's split at the neck and just two oh, bands oh, trail, yeah. right. That's how the blood streams down her chest and when, the, and when the blood congeals, it turns into the Vampirella costume. At the end, I'm Vampirella. So that's where the legacy type thing comes in, where Grendel was passed down to Hunter Rose, and well, first it was Hunter Rose, and then to Christine Spar. That's what Hester's setting up here. The the Vampirella mantle, and it looks like it may not just be one at a time. It may be more than one wow. character. So that that's kind of cool. Kelly's husband is a construction overseer. And he's refurbishing this underground transportation system. He has a meeting with his client who turns out to be a demon from the Cult of Chaos. Ding! Again, another tie to the original Vampirella series. He gets duped into eating human flesh. Don won't say why or how, just read it. So now he's under the, the demon's thrall. And they don't play that out in the first issue. We have to wait to see where that goes. So you have the Cult of Chaos in position. You have... Uh, Vampirella, it's only gonna, the shit's only gonna hit the fan. I'm intrigued. It doesn't read like classic Vampirella, and I wouldn't expect it to, really, because Archie Goodwin's dead. The, the, you know, though, those days will never be brought back. But they're, Hester is doing, in my opinion, as well as he can with the character. My only nit to pick is with the art. When, when you look at the past and you see all the legendary talents that worked on Vampirella, starting with Tom Sutton, one of the best horror artists ever. I would say probably the best, but let's just be diplomatic. One of the best. And peaked with Jose Gonzalez. Once Jose got his hands on the character, the only direction to go from there was down. The man nailed her. He was the absolute hmm. best Vampirella artist. This, it's very serviceable. It, it tells the story. There's no shortcomings at all, but it is in no way comparable to the highs of the past. Take it as it is. It's good, but it, it's not Jose Gonzalez good. And then again, we shouldn't expect it to be. It's a completely different day and age and all that stuff. I enjoyed it. it it's a neat read. Hester set the stage very well. I'm interested to see where it's going. And for a buck ninety nine, you really can't complain. Is it a return to greatness for Vampirella? 
don't know. I'll make that decision at the end of the fourth issue. But for right now, pretty damn good. Did you say it was a miniseries? Four-issue miniseries, yes. Okay. And uh, where they take it from here, I don't know. And it also ties into another one of Hester's Vampirella tales called The Return of the Bloodwed Queen that he did with Joshua Hale Fialkov. And Steven Segovia, yes. So so if you're a long-time Vampirella fan, meaning you picked up on the character during the bad girl craze of the 90s, you'll get a lot of this issue. And if you're a really long-time fan, you'll also get it because it's Vampirella. So he's covering the bases. Very yeah, cool. Decent. Decent. Yeah. There not, you go, buddy. Not, not disappointed. Oh, that kicks ass. I'm glad I, to hear. wasn't a glowing review, but like I said, I'll, I'll buy like my phone. like a fair review. Yeah, uh, I'll wait. It's certainly the most I'm positive interested. review I've heard of it. So. Oh, really? What? No, but that's okay. I mean, I haven't read it for myself, so I don't want to condemn something I haven't read. Yeah. So. Hester's great. He can manipulate the reader like the best of them. I uh, I agree. He's a pretty good writer. It'd be nice if... Uh, he finished The Atheist one of these days, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's very true. And if you have a different opinion on this first issue of Vampirella, and if you want to know more about dolphins, check out our forum <laughs> <laughs> at www.11oclockcomics.com. You'll see the link for forum, or you can do the old school way and forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Booyakasha. Yes, we would love to have you. And we have a new arrival on our forums, don't we? Someone, yes. Someone of note who also left a voicemail. You want to hear it now? Because I think he, he throws down the gauntlet with Chris, doesn't he? He does. Oh, it is. Yeah. Let's hear it. Hey, guys. Val Staples here. Just got done listening to your episode with Tom as a guest. Oh, man. I so wish I could have worked on Mysterious. I mean, Tom Fowler, Jeff Parker, I'm so jealous of Dave McKay. I mean, not that I could keep pace with Dave's awesome coloring, but I'm still jealous. Anyway, I've been meaning to call in for some time to let you guys know what a fantastic job you're doing, from your commentaries to your reviews, and especially for Vince's historical discourse. I mean, you guys are incredible. You're on a short list of podcasts that I really appreciate. Your show is one of the high points of my week which is kind of depressing in a way, but, you know, I mean, it's still a compliment. Yeah. I'd rather be you know, dating lots of hot chicks, but anyway, whatever. Uh, I load it up in the background, and I enjoy it while I'm working on whatever project I have to do that week. Uh, keep up the great work. Don't change a thing. And I hope I can count on you guys being around every week for a long time to come. And I'll be sure to spread the word about 11 o'clock comics to everyone I know, or people that like comics, so, it's really not that many people, and I don't know how much it'll help, but I'm gonna, yeah, I'll give it a shot anyway. And Chris, the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, you and me, buddy, you name the date and the time, and you and I are gonna do that thing. I'm gonna school you, my man, school you. Damn. <laughs> what do you think about that, Mister Neesman? Yo, respect. Bring it on, bitch. Oh, oh <laughs> damn. Val, I will, I will, I will go down Bourbon Road with you anytime, but we need to, we need to stop along the way and, uh, and pick up, uh, Tony Moore and, uh, and take him along with us as well. So, cause I know that he would enjoy that. No, my, my ex and my wife and I have been, uh, been talking about, uh, doing that as a, uh, a quick, uh, summertime vacation trip and, uh, have, have always wanted to. So, uh, so yes, I will, uh, uh, I will take you up on that challenge and, uh, and enjoy every second of it. I, I, Very I nice. love Val. I mean, I love, I, I, I love Val's work, but I think it's great that it basically came down to, 
this show is hosted by two people. One he wants to challenge to the bourbon trail and, and one who he just loves his, his, uh, his take on history. I, I guess Jason and I just, you know, we're, we're just here with you guys. Oh, but hey, you man, know- I, I'm the best of this group. It's all good by me. <laughs> Oddly enough, I finished incognito over the weekend. Val Staples, they should call him DJ Staples. Because MC no DJ Staples because he spins that color wheel like a maestro. Oh my oh, God! You. No, there is, uh, and I'm not just saying this because he's, no, he sent he sent us a voicemail. <laughs> take a, take a minute the next time, and if you want, you can look through today's issue of the new Sleeper, not Sleeper, um, Criminal, Criminal. The, the, the Sinners came out today, but look at his work. He is. Subtle as hell. He he knows that Phillips has a real heavy-handed style where his shading technique is almost like charcoal in a, in a sense. So he knows that he's not going to go in there like Mr. Painter and start slapping the color down. He he almost he's he's very subtle in his color choices where he'll just lay flat color down on most of it and keep the the tones and the and the the. Uh, the blends for the background. It's it's brilliant. He's got this harmony working. They, they really do need to pimp him as much as they pimp Brubaker and Phillips when it comes time to promote. And oh, and Brubaker said it himself. He said Val Staples is the the secret weapon of criminal, and he's an incognito. He's completely right. Absolutely. There's some pretty outstanding colorists in the field right now, and I don't know, coloring in comics is probably good as it's ever been. A lot of that has to do with the the tools that are afforded colorists now and the printing that that's mm-hmm. out there. But uh, yeah, Val Staples is definitely in that that team picture of of great colorists. You know, with you know McCaig and Stewart and you know uh, Maury and yeah. I mean, there's there's Laura Martin. I mean, there's you're always going to leave someone out whenever you start naming yeah. colorists these days because no, there's well. so many good ones out there. But uh, a, a good group of folks. And go to if you're interested in coloring, go to um, is it Dave McCaig that runs Gutter Zombie dot com? Yeah, it's a great form and community of, of colorists and it's it's not just you know it, it's not just aspiring colorists it's it's people like you know Laura Martin and Dave McCaig and Scott Johnson and you know all the Jason Millay a bunch of folks that that I've met as you know that work in the industry as colorists hang out there and really trade a lot of um, tips and tricks and and show off you know work that they're that they're doing it's it's a neat forum community so so go check that out if you're interested in knowing more about comic book coloring or or want to be a colorist so yeah. and hey, if you, sweet if you look at any page of staples's work you you could see that their color theory and color psychology is is like music theory color has a, a rhythm and a beat to it mm-hmm. where he he'll pick analogous colors on the color wheel which for those who have no idea what about color theory analogous colors are colors that are adjacent to each other on the color wheel and when you set up a palette of analogous colors you you're you're going for harmony because all these colors are of the same area so they they work well together so he's got this beat going with these low chroma low value colors and then he'll switch it up and and put this high chroma very bright shocking color as the as the highlight and it's just like he's got a a beat like bop, 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 and then he zings you with the with the the bright color and it's nuts 
it, it, there's his work is music. See, I can all right, after you go on like that, I can understand why why, why Val's going to drop your name. But I, I why? Would, <laughs> I'm just saying. But the thing is, it we we, we can talk about criminal and, and incognito and how how he meshes so well with Sean Phillips, and then I'll I'll finish reading issues two and three of Uncanny X-Men First Class, which is kind of, which is so the opposite right. of an icon yeah, book where right. it's, it's all ages, it's, it's kid friendly and it's bright, bright. And Roger mm-hmm. Cruz's art is fantastic and, bright primary colors. and, and sta- staples on top of that. Val just does some fantastic work with Roger yep, Cruz. Right. And I, I mean, I remember Roger Cruz from the good old days, the age of apocalypse when he was a clone of, uh, some people wanted to call him that. And he's really kind of just, he has his, his own style these days, and it it really works with the first class line of books. I uh, and I just I look at the work with him and with Val and 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 Banshee and Nightcrawler, and I mean seriously, it's it's just it's some beautiful work. No he, doubt, he knows his split complementary colors, and it's nice of him to listen. Thanks for listening, Val. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I love color theory. I can go, I can go on and on. That that's something. Yeah. If you're talking, uh, I'm an egghead. Let's bust out the rubulus that. In that huh? In Talking that again. respect, <laughs> ah, but anyway, no, I'm saying and, that's and that, but no, but that's the thing about X Men First Class. He he tailors his coloring style, color art style, to the right. artist. Yes, where right. he does not work the same way on that as he does when, with Sean no. Phillips because because it's a different style of art. He doesn't have to go in in incognito and and like Richard Eisenhoff, who I think is a brilliant colorist. He would be completely wrong for Criminal. Be- yeah. Because he's very painterly, and you could—he almost look at the covers. Ultimate, oh, the old Ultimate, Ultimate, Spider- Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. He completely mm-hmm. overtakes Bagley's work. Whereas, well, same thing with kind of like with, with Jay Lee on on the Dark Tower stuff, right? To a point, yeah, you're right. You know, Richard Eisenhoff colored the book. Whereas with, I, I mean, my eyes are trained to pick up on Staples' work only because it's so damn smart. But if if anybody with an untrained eye, it's going to look like it belongs, but it's not going to scream out at you like, hello, look at this, I colored the book, you know? Yeah, it's really subtle. There's a subtlety to the signature, I guess. But once you pick up on it, it's unmistakable. You can pick out Val Staples' work anywhere. Did you guys read books in the 90s? (laughs) A lot Uh, of them, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You remember that, that Todd McFarlane dude? Basically. Oh, did he buy some baseballs or something? Yeah, he uh, he makes uh, toys, right? Yeah, yeah, he makes the toys. Statues. But but he's he's back um, kind of making some comics now. But he owned Miracle Man. Well, he was. <laughs> See, Anybody have a chance to pick up uh, Haunt this week? Not Come yet. Come Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no. waiting on that. Can, oh, I, can, I, can, I, be spoil- can I be spoiler-free? Wait, before you do that. Uh, I just want No, no. Like it would tarnish your your sterling reputation. No, 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 no. Dude, you're He's been pro about, haunt talk about, for like Wait, talk about reading me all wrong. I, I, I knew yeah, I, I knew see now I knew you were going to say that because I said it to you on the forum today. About yeah, re- no, reading no, no, no. shit into I, my I just mean, I mean, no, like, disappoint. I, I guess we, it seems like we have cycles here, and since I get my books every other, every other week, it's like, like, next week when we talk, it'll be books that I'll have probably gotten and read, but then this is one of those weeks where you're all chomping at the bit to speak about stuff that just came out in stores today, which pretty much. I'm not. No, I know you're not, and it, but <laughs> what cracks me up is that Vince is like of two minds, because it seems like I'll bring up something like, oh, I don't get that to the end of the month, so I'll be like, okay, yeah, cool, we'll talk about it then, and then, like, now it's like every book coming out of you guys' mouths is shit that came out, like, three hours ago, so. I can't comment on it. I'm getting. I'm going to get it all, but I don't have it yet. So with that, you know, I just got to be like, no, I don't. I I saw preview pages of Haunt, and I have to say, I uh, 
if you had asked, if you had paid, told me that uh, I, you'd pay me twenty five thousand dollars to guess the guess who who inked over Ryan Otley, there's not. If you gave me twenty guesses, I wouldn't have said McFarlane. Looking at yeah, those preview yeah. pages. Yeah. Well, can I give some spoiler free teases for this? Yeah. Ah, you can spoil it. Twenty five large, Jason. You carry that around in your shoe. <laughs> uh, money. This is this is of course the much anticipated haunt, which uh was um uh Kirkman uh and McFarlane's collaboration at Image. So you've got uh you've got Robert Kirkman, the the kind of uh, uh new generation image partner with one of the original founding fathers. And um what's interesting art wise, and Jason just mentioned it, is that uh McFarlane uh does the inks on this and its layout by Greg Capullo with Ryan Otley of uh, Invincible fame uh, doing pencils and then with McFarlane uh, uh, doing, I, I guess, uh, just inks. But he's uh, he's credited as uh, as co-creator, which I guess would be like maybe co-plotter, co-creator, and then Kirkman uh, is the, the writer and scripter. So... Uh, don't know how much McFarlane was doing in this. Probably a lot of concept work, and and then and then playing around with the with the inks on it. It um, uh, it's good. I really enjoyed it. It feels like, I guess I'll describe it as an evolved '90s book. It, it still has one foot kind of firmly planted in the '90s, and this could have been. A pitch for Spawn. A lot of the, a lot of the, oh, seriously, a lot of the Spawn traits are there. There's military guy who could just as easily be a, a mercenary, and uh, it's got a lot of uh, religious undercurrent to it. There's a a priest is one of the main characters, so it's got a lot of the a lot of the same things that were in Spawn are in Haunt, but it has a much more you know, two thousands feel to it. You know, it's got Kirkman's writing sensibility to it. Uh, obviously, the the costume, what you see right there on the um, on the cover, uh, could be a, a Spawn uh, or not a Spawn. It's kind of a mix between Spawn and Venom. You yeah, know, exactly. Pro- prototype yeah. costume, um, but no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was a very solid introductory issue. If you liked. The early Spawn stuff. If you like McFarlane's creepier Spider-Man stuff, and if you're a, uh, a fan of of Kirkman or Ryan Otley or Greg Capullo, you should definitely check it out. It was uh, it was a fun, entertaining read. I have high hopes because the three men involved, one of which is pretty much one of four the four. four. Okay. Capullo, Capullo, well, I was going to say, Capullo is one of my favorite artists from that period that Chris was talking about. I think the man's a brilliant artist. And, and I, one of those names that you really don't hear thrown around all that much. And it's sad because Capullo yeah. is, is one of the greats. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, and, and like his layout. I mean, the the storytelling in this visually is very good. So I mean, right. you know, Capullo's doing a nice job on layouts, and I, I love Otley's uh, art in whatever he does. I mean, like yeah. he and he and Jerome Pena, and you know, go on and and list a you know a whole a whole litany of of the the newer artists that have come out in the the last four or five years. Um, but uh, yeah, Otley, Canetti, uh, Opeña, you know, go on and on. I mean, they're they're awesome, and I love Otley's stuff. Yeah. Marvel Even keeps that, hiring them all away. <laughs> now Kennedy's doing uh, Astonishing X Men, right? Yeah. 
even at Spawn's lowest point, when Todd, you could you could tell that Todd wasn't really all that much interested in writing the book. Capullo mm-hmm. carried it. It it was yeah. still an essential right. read just for the visuals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like Spawn is one of those books where it was sporadically great, but it was always good. Mm-hmm. And and over the last five years, it's got progressively better. The the current Spawn's really good. It's interesting because I haven't read Spawn in a long, long, long time. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people have clamored for McFarlane to, quote-unquote, get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we don't know what the sales numbers are in this, but certainly from Kirkman and all the other image guys tweeting the hell out of this. I mean, they've all been tweeting for, for the last week that the numbers for Haunt Number 1 were off the charts. It's, it's going to be the biggest selling book that Image has had uh, in the last five years. I don't know offhand how many issues that implies, but it's a lot of issues, obviously. So it was a big success, at least his first issue. And just had me thinking, we were talking a bit about this on the forums, because, you know, that that cover image that got solicited, I mean, I have to be honest with you, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, I, I looked at that image and it completely turned me off. Because, it, like you said, it looked like uh, McFarlane drawing a morph between Spawn and Venom. Venom. And said, There's something I have no interest in. Um, and, and then slowly but surely, as the books previews have been going out in PDFs and review copies, and the sort of you know people have been saying, "Ah, this book's actually pretty good. It's it's worth checking out." And now uh, I'm to the point where it's piqued my curiosity. I was curious to see if 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 the the preview stuff would have turned off other people, but it seems like just the opposite. And the only conclusion I can make is that McFarlane still sells books on his name because I mean, certainly oh. Kirkman and Otley. You know, Invisible does well, but it doesn't do 150,000 issues well. So, you know, I think McFarlane's the X factor here, and people are really curious to see him back on a, a, a new creative endeavor. So, there, there's uh, a lot. There's a lot of people on the internet that may say, "Oh, Venom and Spawn and Carnage and mm-hmm. all that McFarlane stuff." Oh, that yeah, had such a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, don't forget that. You know, there were you know millions of copies of those books sold. So there's oh, yeah. a lot of people out there that are like, "Oh, that's cool." Well, so, I think I've yeah. talked to you about this. Yeah, the um, the the uh, Amazing 300. You know, the, the, of course, the the infamous Venom uh, yeah. issue. I, I I'm always to me that's that's the as someone who has a, a taste for expensive back issues from time to time. I always am stunned. You know, when I go to a, a con or like a wild pig sale or another store, there's almost any store you go into has got a near mint copy of Spider-Man 300, and it's it, it, you could you could sell on eBay right now for 250, 300 bucks. And I'm always like, really? Because they really almost every person that wants one of those has one in there. I mean, I have three or four of them in my long boxes somewhere. <laughs> oh, so give me give I me mean, one. I, don't I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I so, I, but yeah, you're right. They're, they're, for all the people that, uh, that they're right. I mean, Venom is arguably one of the few Marvel characters of the last 20 years that actually sells books. So, yeah. Still yeah. sells, man. Still sells. Hello, 11 o'clock comic. It is the Blaze Fire 33, Mr. Matthew Hammock here. Just checking in as usual, but. Today I have a little something more constructive to talk about. Today I wanted to mention that I recently picked up a new title called Adventure Comics. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it stars some guy named Connor Kent, who's like Superboy, and uh, there's there's this whole thing about him coming back during Legion of Superheroes, and it it has to do with it's being written by some guy named Jeff Johns and has this, I guess you would call it super amazing, unbelievable art by this guy named Francis Monopole. And, you know, I think, you know, it's something you should check out if you haven't already. Please fire 33, and 
That's all I got to say. I'm really interested to see the numbers on Image United. Yeah, that I don't think is going to happen. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The pre-order, and remember, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. These aren't sales numbers. These are ordered numbers by, by stores. The stores are going to order the shit out of that book. Just yeah. like they ordered the millions of Wildcats and Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and see, absolutely. I am so eager to get my hands on that book because... Yeah, that, I'm that an, one I'm excited about, yeah. I'm an unabashed image fan from the 90s. I, and sure. I, I don't like to use the word guilty pleasure because why would you be guilty about something that gives you pleasure? Right. Those books are just damn pleasureful to me. Sure. Wildcats, Spawn, I've always been a fan of that. That, that type of stuff. Savage Dragon. Not so much the young blood, but I've I've warmed up to Mr. Liefeld. But anyway, I welcome a return to that style. Not I don't want to see it permeate the entire image line like it used to be. Like I think they're fine just the way it is, but one or two books a return to that, I'm I'm all right with that. That bring sure. it on. It's fun just fun comics, man. Get Stephen Platt out of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Prof you know, I really I really like Prophet. <laughs> You know, uh, I think you follow uh, uh, Liefeld on Twitter, don't you, David? Yes. He Did you see he was tweeting either yesterday or the day before about all of his, quote-unquote, image clones that used to work for him and how they... Oh, yeah, like Marat Mankles and, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Chap Yap and all those guys, and that they've yeah. all gone on to be very successful uh, cartoonists, uh, actually per- cartoon yeah, artists, and and animation yeah. artists, yeah. I was surprised. I didn't realize that, but he started naming all of those guys and then all the cartoons that they've worked on last year's, and they are all on... I mean, they, if they have prominent roles, like he claims, they, they are on some pretty big, very popular uh, cartoons. So, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess everybody involves. There, there was a lot of poop that came out of it. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's... Like Blood Pool. Uh-huh. Well, we don't have to. I mean, the, the, I think the, the image right. history speaks for itself. I mean, there but, are lots of bad. I mean, but yeah. their highs were, were awesome, like Weapon Zero. Have you ever read Weapon Zero? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, man. I, I, there's a book, uh, the Tomorrow's Guys put out a book about the image history. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's, it's, I mean, the book in, I don't want to say the book is the second coming. There, there are some flaws in the book, I thought, but but overall, it's interesting. If you have any interest, it's it's, it's definitely worth reading. If you're of that a fan of that time, or you, you about, I know people a little younger than us, that was almost that was actually their formative time of becoming comics fans, sure. and so it's, it's interesting to look back and realize that, you know, for all of the ways that these guys are derided, there's a lot that they should be proud of, uh, both in terms of what they did at the time for themselves personally, as well as what they've done for the industry in terms of taking a step forward. So yeah, it's all good. I mean, I I, I can't wait for Image United. See, I, I wasn't interested. In Haunt when I saw the solicit, but I'm really interested in Image United. See, I, 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 okay, now I, I, I maybe you could tell me if I'm out of line, if I'm way off base, what have you. I, I'm only You're going by, of course, <laughs> I, you, I'm only going by what I see. I, I, I'm not going to say I have no interest in Haunt. I'll check it out if if I come across it, but I'm not. I'm not going to seek it out right now. Does it doesn't sound like I'll be looking hard for any issues anyway. Mm-hmm. But if if um, going by Chris's review, what I see online, the cover, judging a book by its cover, mm-hmm. and then going back to listening to to Remender's address last year, and and how and you Kirkman's. know, be, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, who did I Kirk, say? Remender, Remender. I'm sorry, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk, Kirkman's address to yeah. to everybody, be be uh, the, the Kirkman <laughs> man, the, the man, that's the, it. The, that's the word I was. Yeah, the the talking head manifesto. It's you know, and and how creator owned and and strike out and do your own thing and and then you know work for the big two or work for for work on someone else's property when you want to don't start there just concentrate on your own stuff and I'm I'm listening to Chris and and how it's it's a it's an amalgamation of of Spawn and Venom and I asked 
months ago, if for Kirkman to, to say to somebody, listen, don't work on Spider-Man. Work on your own property. You know, someone else owns Spider-Man. You're not going to see anything from that. Go work on something else. So, okay, so so now Kirkman's going to work on something else that sounds like something that's already out there. So so as Chris says, it's got elements of Spawn <laughs> because it's a mercenary. Why not yeah. just do Spawn huh, story? Buddy, but... <laughs> But he owns half of it. But but so so <laughs> when I say so, why can't somebody come up with their own Spider-Man and be creative? Oh Spider-Man yeah, I, I mean, but, say, but then you can just then then they know it's a ripoff. It's they know very it's, it's very reminiscent of um of parts of Spawn. It's mm-hmm. it, it, there's there are you know to, to carry on Vince's ingredient theme um, from earlier. Um, there, there are some spices on the rack that they use to make spawn with that are, that are in this recipe as well. Um, it's its own story, but it's, it's reminiscent of, of some stuff that McFarlane has done before. And, and that actually kind of adds to the charm of it in that you can tell that McFarlane has, it's not just his name slapped on this. You can tell that there are some very McFarlane, um, tendencies that we've seen before, but it's 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 got some Kirkman sensibility that's added to it. So that's what I kind of like about it, David. But I know where that's you're cool. going with it. I, I know where you're going with it. It's like mm-hmm. you know, don't don't be afraid to to branch out and do something new and make it your own and 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 that kind of stuff. But I actually kind of like the '90s um, flair to this. It, it felt. Uh, I don't know. It kind of felt like seeing an old girlfriend that Nostalgic, dumped you. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Okay. She 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 may have you know she dumped me ten years ago, but it was nice to to catch up with her and go out and have a cup of coffee, kind of thing. So That's and cool. we may she, and she we may go out on another. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we we may end up uh, going to the movies with each other. You know, I'll, I'll buy I'll buy issue two. You know. you're, you're married. <laughs> <laughs> I could be completely wrong in how I'm reading this and t- talking totally out of my ass, and I'm sure a lot of people will be hearing me say this and be like, what does nobody's talking about? But my impression of Haunt and, and even Image United to a lesser extent, I mean, I think that's more of a blatant nostalgia project, but, mm-hmm. but uh, is, I get the, when I, when I saw Kirkman talk uh, about Haunt, and when I get the sense it's almost, and if he's doing it for this reason, then more power to him, I get the sense he's almost doing this as a bridge to get McFarlane back in the game. Because McFarlane's creating something new, he's doing ink, so he doesn't have to commit to doing pencils full time. And I always, th- part of me thought this is Kirkman's kind of way as the new partner, saying, you know what, we got to get you back out there because you, you probably of all of the partners that isn't really producing, you can you can make a big, you know, you, McFarlane can do a lot for Image if he starts actually producing a book on a monthly basis. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's, small, I think it's you know. more of a fanboy thing. I mean, which, you, I mean, be, we, yeah. you know, we, we think of Kirkman as, as now an image partner, but don't, I mean, he's like 30 years old. I mean, every, sure. every, we're all older than Kirkman, which kind of freaks mm-hmm. me out. Um, I think of him as being older and he's, and he's not. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what comics did he grow up on? It's, right, right. I mean, he was right there. He was probably the image comics were probably some of the first comics that he was buying or, or, certainly the the most important comics that he was buying as a youth i'm assuming so i i have a feeling it's more of a hey todd you want to do a book with me that would be so cool remember that time when you did spawn that was cool the chris <laughs> right. of the comic world. i would be the same way it's like hey man you want to do a book together that would be cool mm-hmm. <laughs> right, remember that time <laughs> this, this this kind of stems from i mean i, I don't know how it, it a few years ago there was a uh there was a panel mcfarland that was either part of or, or in charge of or something and the challenge 
Yeah, and Kirkman basically challenged him. So I don't know, you know. So obviously they've been talking since then, and mm-hmm. and and this was after Walking Dead had started because right. somebody from McFarland Productions told I. The rumor is, or the story goes, that McFarland was like, "Well, who, who is this guy who's challenging me?" And and one of his employees basically said, "Well, he's the dude that he created that Walking Dead comic that that you like so much." So you know I, that you make money. You know, from. Yeah, you, you know those you know those partners checks that you get every yeah, month. Yeah. So, <laughs> this guy's really adding to those. <laughs> so I, I don't know how long this has has been in, uh, and maybe that's that, that's something else that not, not sticking in my craw. But it's like so if. if if you guys have been talking about this since, you know, for like over two, three years now, you know, and this, this is the best you can come up with. But again, I haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, I'll right, be right. the fucking well, thing. thing. So, you can't expect Todd McFarlane to come back to comics and do a psychological thriller or, you know, a, a noirish murder mystery. The guy is known for rubber jointed superheroes yeah. in this in the Spider Man vein. So yeah, he's just right. yeah, he's just playing to his strengths. Don't, I haven't I, seen it either. But to me, what 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 few pages I have seen online, it looks brutal as hell. Yeah. I mean there are people getting eviscerated and their yeah. heads blown off and a priest that's Anything but godlike, it just looks like nasty all around, and I can't wait. Hey, Chris, <laughs> um, before we move on, I, I, the, the preview pages I saw, I was really the combination of those three very distinctive artists, to me, looks like none of them. I mean, which is a good thing. I think they, it's, it's <laughs> uh-huh. really an amalgamation of all three of them t- together, which is nice to see. But it reminded me, and again, I've only seen probably what the first five pages were posted in that online on the on the mm-hmm. website. Um it, it, the the artist it most reminded me of, uh, and probably partially because of the material as well, uh, was was Gabe Rodriguez uh, from Lock and Key. But uh, having really, look and, did, did you, is that was I, I I can I can I can see some elements of that. Um, if it was, I don't know, it's it's not as clean as Rodriguez. Okay. I, I think that, I, I can see s- some bits and pieces of that. I think this has um, a little bit scratchier texture okay. mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it, it's got more grit. It's um, America's finest um, newspaper. Yeah, hmm? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I I see some. Uh, I see some Opeña in here. It's okay. kind of, but eh, I don't know. Um, I'm terrible at this game of um, who does this art look like kind of stuff. I'm terrible at it. But um, the answer should always be Kirby. It always <laughs> looks, yes, I see a lot of Kirby in here. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I, I think you're kind of right that with the the three guys, it, it doesn't necessarily look like any of them. But the end result is pretty. It's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm hot for it. Hot. I'm getting all frothy. A hot lunch. Cleveland steam. <laughs> Hey, 11 o'clock comics, this is Adam, a.k.a. Darth Willis on the forums. Just finished listening to episode number 74, and uh, I think it was the best episode you guys have put on in a long time. Um, just wanted to call and put in my two cents about some of the topics y'all talked about. First off, y'all started the episode talking about the Beatles and how all four of you thought they were the best band that was ever created in the history of mankind. Um... Yeah, I have to respectfully disagree with you on that. Um, I can think of many bands that are much better than the Beatles and that I would rather listen to than the Beatles. Um, one in particular is, uh, of course, Led Zeppelin came out. You know, they started a few years after the Beatles, but uh, in my opinion, they're far much more influential than the Beatles. Um 
Beatles, I just, they're not bad. I mean, they're not a bad rock band, but uh, they just get on my nerves. I can't stand the list, though. Um, let's see. Next topic. Uh, I agree with Chris that Blackest Night Batman has been really good. Um, I really didn't think they were going to add much to the story with the Batman and the Superman and the Titans. But all three of those have been really good, and they're really worth picking up. I mean, they're just as good as the uh, main title. Um, Black is Night has probably been the best event book that has come out from from DC or Marvel since uh, since Identity Crisis, which I thought was one of the best comics ever written, in my opinion. Um, uh, Moon Knight, y'all talked about the uh, Moon Knight relaunch, and I haven't picked it up because kind of dropped it after Charlie Houston was through writing his story. Which I have to disagree with with Chris because he said it wasn't good writing and they shouldn't bring over these novelists. I think some of the best books to come out in the last few years have been written by some of these novelists and TV writers. Um, It's not to say that the comic book writers hadn't been good, but you know, you had Brad Meltzer with Identity Crisis, who is a great novelist. Um, if you haven't checked out his latest book, uh, The Book of Lies, it's a really good book. Um, you know, I'd never read any of the Moon Knight books until I picked up Moon Knight number one when Charlie Houston started writing it. And I thought he did an excellent job with the writing, and the, the art was just fantastic. And I dropped the book after he left because I thought the the story just kind of died off when they brought in the Punisher, and it just wasn't interesting. Um, I talked about Incredible Hercules, and I just absolutely love this book. Uh, it's one of the one of the first books I read whenever it comes out each month, and uh, I'm caught up with the series all the way up to the last issue and uh, events. Let's just say that I don't think Athena and Amadeus will be hooking up anytime soon. I'm not going to spoil anything, but Amadeus finds out something that makes him hate and want to kill Athena. So, uh, Incredible Hercules is probably my second favorite Marvel book, right behind Amazing Spider-Man. Speaking of major, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, I agree with Vince that Amazing Spider-Man number 605. Fred Van Lint, he really missed the mark on this one. Um, and one of the worst things was that Marvel charged $3.99 for this book when the other Amazing Spider-Mans have been $2.99. And then they go and charge $3.99 for this piece of crap issue. I mean, it was just a, it's a throwaway book. They should have called it uh, Amazing uh, Mary Jane. You know, it's, they could have put it out as a, a Spider-Man extra as, you know, Spider-Man extra Mary Jane or uh, Spider-Man annual featuring Mary Jane or what's up with Mary Jane, issue number one, one shot. You know, I'm not going to solve that. And then that horrible cover they had on it. You know, Vince, you said you locked the cover. I thought that was one of the worst covers I'd ever seen. Yeah, it may have been well drawn, but 
Spider-Man Cupid is like having a Valentine's Day issue in September. It made no sense whatsoever. Well, that's my rant, I guess, uh, for today. Um, I guess I'll go read the Wonderful Wizard of Oz hardcover that I just got by wonderfully illustrated by Scotty Young. I've actually never read anything by Scotty Young. Uh, but, I, you know, I used to listen to him on Round Comics, and, uh, you know, which got me interested in Wizard of Oz, which I didn't pick up monthly because I, I'm on a budget and I couldn't, couldn't afford it. But I um, just got the hardcover from in-stock trades, of course, and I've read just a few pages, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. I just love his style. His style fits this book perfectly. It's whimsical and very, uh, you know, like a children's book almost. Well, uh, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you later. I think I'm going to call back after uh, the uh, Wednesday comics is finished up and give my two cents on the series as a whole. Uh, see you all on the forums. Bye. I've read a lot of comics the last two weeks, and a lot of them have been very good, so it's been a happy few, few weeks. But there is one book that demands praise. Ooh, it demands. Demands praise. G.I. Joe Cobra Special Number One. Oh, so good. My boy. My boy. Oh, my God, dude. It's so freaking good. I was actually elated to have read that issue today. I was elated to. It was, you know, I've been a little down on the G.I. Joe franchise after gushing about it the first few months it was out it was wasn't you know i i especially the, the main book but I, i'm still buying them because i'm such a gi joe nut really really loved the gi joe cobra uh, limited series i think we all did um mm-hmm. it was written by uh i think the 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 limited series was written by uh christos gage and mike costa right they were <laughs> co-writers and it was uh, illustrated by Antonio Fuso. So this is a one-shot, which I ordered pretty much so I don't see. I didn't know. I mean, it was called G.I. Joe Cobra Specials, but I didn't know how much it was going to tie in. But it's basically a an epilogue uh, and also a an origin slash status quo story for Tomax and Zamot. What's astounding about this is if you take a step back, I remember when IDW got the license and uh, they were pimping the relaunch and they announced they were going to do three books. And I think the one that seemed the most odd was the G.I. Joe Cobra book because all we knew about it was that Chuckles was going to be the central protagonist. And, you know, Chuckles was the Hawaiian shirt-wearing, goofy action figure of the of the collection that you never knew what to do with because, you you know, unless you were going to reenact Miami Vice. But sure enough, he was great because they made it into, you know, this deep undercover uh, espionage book that was very much, you know, a spy book, not a, a an army book. And it was great. And we, we've gushed about it on the show before. So what's great about that, though, is that Chuckles was kind of the laughing stock G.I. Joe character made cool. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I always thought that Tomax and Zamot were the laughing stock Cobra villains of the crew, too. And this book, in one issue, manages to turn them into very interesting characters and badasses in the, all at once. But the thing that, that this book 
really deserves praise for is we, we talk a lot about comics as an entertainment medium and that great comics are the ones where you can use the medium in a way that you couldn't readily tell the same story in another medium. And I think that, that this book does that because essentially the book starts out the first – 11 pages uh, are basically the look at one brother, and the last 11 pages are the look at the other brother. And it is both visually and from a script perspective, almost a perfect mirror image of one another. We start with the first, with, with Tomax looking in the mirror, getting dressed, and we end with Zaymot looking in the mirror, getting dressed. And we go from the origin of those two guys and how they got to where they are leading into the G.I. Joe Cobra limited series, and then from there we go from what's happened to them subsequent to that series ending and where they are now. And it's just astounding. Uh, Antonio Fuso is a force. Uh, the book is beautiful. Yeah. It's just such a smartly written book. And again, uh, for those of you who aren't reading the G.I. Joe books or maybe didn't check out the Cobra book, this this one shot, three ninety nine, really worth it. You can buy this one shot and just read it for what it is. You don't need to have it. Every, every great once in a while, you pick up a book, and when you set it down, you're like, wow, that that was different than anything I've read in a while. And it's one that stands out and this was a this is this is really a standout book. Yeah. It, and that, it, that, it was the one that stuck with me for you know after I read it for a while. The mirror image symbology is carried over to the cover too. Did you Absolutely. see yes. the the two variant covers are the one is like a negative image of the other one. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, you know, they're both covers, but they're flops and colored differently, opposite of the other one. It's awesome. It really is an awesome book. I mean, it's just, there's nothing, I, it, it's, it's, it's a, there's nothing, I mean, the, the, I thought the dialogue was smart, tight, even, I mean, even little things when we were talking about colorists, I mean, the, uh, it's, it's such a nice little subtle uh, thing where when Tomac speaks in the first half of the book, the uh, dialogue balloons are in blue and then boom, all of a sudden it switches over to red for Zamot and you even find out why Zamot has a scar which is for those that were uh, grew up in the 80s and had the toys that was sort of the one distinction between them as they were mirror images but Zamot had a scar and you never knew why so we find out why he has the scar as well which is pretty pretty damn cool so it's Asterios Polyp with automatic weapons <laughs> I don't know uh, I wouldn't go that far but uh, but, but I'm, I'm I'm really glad that I read this it, it, it renewed my faith in the, the G.I. Joe series because a few minutes before I had read this, I had read the latest issue of G.I. Joe Origins, uh, or maybe the second to last issue. It's the wrap-up of the of the first arc, and uh, mm-hmm. and I had just major <laughs> major issues. Oh, don't with... bring us down. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just it, it just, uh, yeah, I just it, let's just say I read that and said, really? But then this, yeah, I just cleaned all that out like a nice colonic. And, uh, and oh, man. Nice image. While reading the, the Cobra special, it, I mm-hmm. almost got the feeling that Someone was playing a minor chord in the background, and it just resonated through the entire issue. Like someone, like boom, just through the whole damn thing. A, a feeling of dread, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know what you're saying because, again, I think that the all we've ever seen of these guys in the old Marvel comic book or the cartoon series were they were these goofy cobra-like battle suits and they were basically acrobatic and they finished each other's sentences and i mean very stereotypical twins kind of stuff and in this they're just almost uh, totally dehumanized 
you know. Yeah, but more fleshed out characters. Oh, there's, totally. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something to something to to hold on to uh, from a character standpoint with these folks now, and that's that's really kind of what I've loved about almost all of the the new GI Joe series is that it's taken a very two dimensional cartoon property and an added dimension to almost yeah. all of the characters, and that's mm-hmm. especially the the GI Joe Cobra. I mean, that is. Sure. I think the weightiest uh, of all of the books, that's the one that I felt was, you know, really head and shoulders uh, above all all the rest. And that's not to discount, you know, what uh, what Dixon was doing or, or Hama or, or, or any of the artists. But the G.I. Joe Cobra was an absolutely fantastic miniseries. And, and this, it's pretty amazing, the epilogue. As good as the miniseries was, which is one of my favorite things that I've read in the past year, for this epilogue one shot is, is one of the strongest single issues I've read in the last year. I mean, it really is a standout. It's even better than the miniseries. And the thing is, uh, people need to see this to understand it, but it really is a mirror image. I mean, even the, mm-hmm. the, the book goes from number, even number of the pages 1 through 11, 11 through 1. And if you just flip back and forth through any, to any of the, the, the pages that numerically correspond, they really are mirror images of each other. Like if you look at pages 3 and 4 and 3 and 4, and you just flip back and forth, you could see, I mean, it's the same panel grids. It's, you know, on, on pages 4, it's a four panel grid the same size on page three it's a it's a five panel grid uh, you know on on the first page three the bottom left corner is a scene of Tomax talking in an extensive enterprises boardroom on page three in the back it's Zamot on the right side of the page in the same extensive enterprises boardroom on yeah. another page it's it's Tomax and Zamot getting a, a sauna in the exact same page on the other side of the book it's just Zamot getting a sauna talking about how they're alone now for speed it's just it's it's an astoundingly well coordinated book from start to finish it is it, it, yeah. It's a nearly perfect use of the medium, which yeah. one—it's one of the things we we, we talk about. Uh, you know, maybe the the Hollywood influence on comics um, in the last decade, which I, I think has been a good thing and a bad thing. One of the good things is I think it, it's brought some exposure to comics and and brought uh, a little bit of a you know influx of of new voices and new talent. But at the same time, I think that there are a lot of people that are involved in comics now that don't understand the the full the full use of the medium and this is a a, a perfect example of uh, comics being unique that you can do things in comics that you can't do in other media and and I I love to see um, not just this kind of uh, experimentation, but this understanding of of what you're working in. You wouldn't do this that way in uh, TV or movie or you know whatever whatever you're doing. I love that this is an obvious creative team that that understands the comic medium. It's it's I love that. So show one love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a question for you. Oh, Vince, Vincent, did you read the Shang Chi special? No, I did not. Wasn't it a Deadpool special with an appearance by Shang Chi? Stop it! <laughs> you didn't get it. No, I mean or, or, that. It, it, I'm, I vaguely it? recall seeing it in the solicits, and it was probably a one shot that was three ninety nine, right? Um, actually, it was three ninety nine. You're right. Yeah. So um, I didn't... Uh, David set you up. The writer of the first story featuring Deadpool 
Jonathan Hickman. Very nice. The reason why I bought it was because the front cover, the typography, is a homage to the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu magazine that Marvel <laughs> published in in the 70s. So I had to buy it. And Deadpool's in it. I won't say anything because I want you to read it. It's a, It's very different. It's not at all what I expected. Okay. Well, I didn't order it, so I, if I buy it, it'll be off the shelf and not anytime soon. I don't think it's no. worth it. There's really? oh, come on. Was There's there? Was a, there a no, I, mean, I don't. I, I, it's, Is this it's black you, and white? Or was it a black and white version? It's all black and white. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. it takes a lot for me to spend three ninety nine cover price for a book. So, well, I'm lying. There are four sepia tone panels, so it's not all black and white. There's four mm-hmm. semi uh, monochromatic color panels, mm-hmm. but there's a text piece in the back by Robin Firth. And if you are familiar with the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, text pieces were the a staple of that magazine. There's parody ads in the back. Uh, yeah. The art is all across the map. Very good stuff. I, w- uh-huh. I, won't get, I want you to read it because it's a really different take on on both Shang Chi and Deadpool. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to reading. It's just that I, 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 we all try and make our line of the sand somewhere. And for me, these, you know, the one shots in the miniseries that are three ninety nine. I just, I've been. Just trying to avoid, unless you know they they get such raves or, or you know I can't resist them. But um, but yeah, I'll give it a shot. I you know the, the I, Hickman I story is insane. It's cool, insane. Cool, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously I love Deadpool and I'm, I'm a, I love Shang Chi. So uh, no, all right, I'll set no it up for you in in a sentence. Deadpool and Shang Chi in a race. Okay. With with opponents that are trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. The that, last time we saw Shang Chi was uh, that Heroes for Hire series, right? Right, but this when he was there's, portrayed as a guy that just was trying to keep himself from getting laid. That yeah. was basically the whole well, shtick with him. This isn't—it's nothing in continuity. Well, there's one story that's in continuity, but for the most part, the the, the whole thing is just played for fun. And I had to laugh because that whole legal thing with Fu Manchu. W- whenever the character is mentioned, it's always my father or the great the great evil. They never say Fu Manchu. Even in the back, there's a kind of, in the text piece, there's a uh, an allusion to Fu Manchu, never mentions his name. And it's like, get this taken care of. Come on. We want to see the, the uh, Master of Kung Fu reprinted. Please, get mm-hmm. this legal thing done with. Since you brought it up on, on the forum today. Today? Yes, today. Wow. What did I bring up today? I don't remember. The Siege. Yes, I did. Ah, yes. And what is it that you would love to have once the fallout Uh, and the dust settles? Yes, I would like for Marvel to go back. No, I won't say go back. To at least publish one title that is simply called Avengers. Okay. Whether they... called The Avengers or... No, Avengers. Whether they pick up the numbering from... The last issue of Disassembled, what was it, four ninety nine, four ninety eight, around something there? Like that. Yeah, or was it just like five hundred two re- or something? Right. right, they think they went to five hundred three. Right, okay. w- whatever the the case, either pick up the original numbering or restart the book from number one. But if they're gonna have a book with Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor in it, and they want to spread this illusion of the boys are back, the team is back together. They need to call it just simply Avengers. Yeah, we Nothing. need one more fucking Avengers book. No, I'm yeah. not saying that. Well, no, Vince we, is saying he wants it back too. Maybe Deadpool I, can be in it. I, I just, no, see, that's the thing. If they're going to put the Marvel Trinity in a book, they better play by the rules. If Cap's in it, and if Cap is Steve Rogers, and they want to get this enthusiasm going like the Avengers proper are back. They have to call it Avengers. Yeah, they, they can't they can't call it Avengers revamped or new Avengers or another or no adjectives Old at Avengers. all. You need to call it Avengers. So Flat so David, out. what's your what's your spin on this? 
I, I like Vince's take on it. And it's not a bad thing. When I when I read New Avengers, it never really felt like, okay, these are just a bunch of characters that Bendis likes and he'd like to see him on a team. So you have Spider-Man and, and Luke Cage and all these characters that really you'd never see as Avengers years ago, at least when I was reading the Avengers. And, and so it never really felt like it was it was a band of, of, of heroes, of characters together calling themselves the Avengers because nobody else was. But I never saw them as the Avengers, but it, it never became more apparent than the further I get along in reading Mighty Avengers. And, you know, U.S. Agent is never going to be a substitute for Captain America. And, yeah. and yes, Quicksilver is here and quote-unquote Scarlet Witch is here wow. and, right, but you have the Vision and Hercules, who was on the Avengers when I was reading it, because you had the stories by Stern and, and Bushima and Palmer. Hercules is a champion. He's not an Game, obviously. Yes, and and Jocasta, right? Jarvis. And of course, and, and and Jarvis naturally. So and 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 yeah, the, the Wasp. So this feels the Mighty Avengers feels to me more like the throwback. It, it's it's not what Vince the champions. It's not. Yes, it's 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 the Infinite Avengers Mansion Champions. It's not. Um, it's it's definitely not what Vince is asking for because there's there's no Captain America. There's a, but mm-hmm. and and there's no Iron Man, although he was in the first arc, and and there's no Thor at the moment, although we do have Hercules. I, I read twenty eight and twenty nine over the weekend, and the the current storyline, this whole thing with the unspo- and that's the other thing, the the the. The unspoken, the plot line with, with with the unspoken is is pretty much the first few pages, and yeah, it plays into it, it spills over into the middle of the book, but it's it's more of kind of like just the it, it just reminds me of of how the Marvel books were written in mm-hmm. the eighties, where it starts off at one thing, and then you have the the big panels with 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 these changes in the characters and. These fights just sound loud. They're not even just drawn loud, but, but you, mm-hmm. you can feel it. And it just, it, it really does put me in the mood. It takes me back to those old stern written Avengers days. And, and I think Mighty Avengers is probably one of the most fun books I'm reading at the moment that, that Marvel's putting out. It is definitely, it's definitely in my top five. I 1000% agree with you. I just read 28 and 29 myself, uh, the last few days and thought the exact same thing. I mean, even with the, the, you know, the, the end of the, of 29, alluding to what's going to be coming in 30 right. and beyond, it was just, I, I was fist pumping. It was like, this is badass. And, and I, I did think it was ironic that Dan Slott is writing the book that as someone who's read the Avengers for 30 years is most like the Avengers book that I want to read. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to tip my cap to him because, you know, Bendis has, has been in control of the Avengers for a long time. And I, I'm not, I don't dislike new Avengers or even so far dark Avengers, although I don't know that I, I don't know that I want to read dark Avengers for ad infinitum, but you know, if I view it as a sort of 12 or 15 issue maxi series that ties into when Normie gets, gets taken out of the picture, that's fine. But uh, I agree with you. Muddy Avengers, uh, especially since the new team has been put together, has been terrific. Uh, and and as the thing, the, uh, the the current the, the the unspoken arc is only plotted by Slot. Christos Gage is yeah, writing, fair it. Enough. Mm-hmm. and uh, and Koi and Fam, and, and, Koi right. Fam and, and Alan Martinez is some of the panels or some of the faces. I I, I may ju- just be personally, I may feel are just a little wonky, but overall. I, I I mean, there's thought balloons in the book because this this whole thing with uh, well, do we want to? I mean, the cover kind of gave it away with issue 29. Yes, the cover do, does do, give do, it away. With 29, do, so. do we want to play the uh, play the spoiler music, Vince? <laughs> Thank you. 
I really enjoy after reading the first arc is there's one character, well, okay, maybe two, depending on how you ask the question, but the character that brought Ant-Man and the Wasp and, and Iron Man and the character that brought the Avengers together the first time. The Hulk? That's what Vince said. But no, that's Loki. Exactly. That's, oh. who, that's who the master, I guess, if you want to say that. But, okay. And that's who brought this team together. Mm-hmm. So I love how Slot did the whole throwback thing. But, of course, you don't know it's Loki because initially when the we arc starts, you th- yes, we do. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the, the, well, and Stature does now. But the um, the characters didn't know. They thought Scarlet Witch was who was bringing everybody back or, or was right. putting the band together. Right. And uh, and naturally, when the Scarlet Witch shows up, you're going to have Clint Barton pop up eventually. You're going to have at least two characters from the Young Avengers ask questions. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to see that 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 last panel in 29. Can, can I can I read Mighty Avengers without reading anything else yes. in the Marvel Absolutely. Universe? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Because you know, on, on, I, I like and as long as is, you're familiar with Avengers Disassembled, which I think you are, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I can't. Because and this is not me bitching. This is not me trying to be a smartass. Um, I I don't care about what's going on with any of the Dark Reign or or Norman right, Osborn. Right. Yeah, so I just cool. I just I I just don't I, I don't care. It's not anything that I I'm interested in. I like Dan Slott as a writer. I like the Avengers. I'm just not interested in you know in in what's going on with with all that other stuff. And I, I keep this, hearing this that that Mighty Avengers is a fun yes. and enjoyable comic. As long as I don't have to see Tommy Lee Edwards in there, no, you uh, won't. But you okay. will. See, there is. I, I don't want that. You're not well because Mike Diodato doesn't draw the book. But you, <laughs> Hammer Hammer does make an appearance. Hammer does play. Or did it? No, was that a bad joke? It's Tom, is Tommy Lee Jones is Tommy the Jones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, I love I Tommy Lee Edwards. Strike yeah. that. <laughs> Edit that. I love Tommy Lee Edwards. He's awesome. There. And I love Tommy Lee Jones as an actor. I just don't want to see him as as Spider Man's arch nemesis. Right, because that's Willem Dafoe. There, there's just <laughs> there. Norman does have something to do with I think the second arc. Yeah, so whatever. It's, but it's not. I, I, mean, I won't. I won't. I won't read that one then. So it's it's <laughs> it's. I mean, but no, it's it's. I have not read since since Vince asked about the whole Sorcerer Supreme thing. I never finished. I haven't finished that arc yet, and I, I I'm sad to say I have not started to read. The Stuart Immonen drawn New Avengers. I haven't read a New Avengers title in in a few months now. I don't really miss it, but it's not something that I've had to go out and and read because I'm really just digging the Mighty Avengers so much. And that, that's mm-hmm. my Avengers fix. The initiative yep. is great. I can go back to that every so often. I'm I, I'm not caught up on the initiative. Mighty scratches my itch, man. I I am. I, it just, it, it is just the initiative scratch. still being produced? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. really. Yeah. <laughs> Ramos, Ramos is drawing it. Yeah, yeah. But the, see the thing. Back to the uh, the siege inspired Avengers title. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no need for a character like Wolverine in this Avengers. Right. I, you could even say there's no need for a Luke Cage character in in this version of the Avengers. Vince, because, Vince you always need a little Wolverine. 
No, if if Captain America knows that there's a tool to be used for every job, and in that initial, what was it called, the raft, in in that arc, yeah. you needed someone like Wolverine. Okay, he, but they, he used but him. they stumbled across Wolverine when they got to the Savage Land. Right, well, you damn sure don't need Spider-Man in an Avengers book. Exactly, you see, don't. You don't need Spider-Man either. The Avengers aren't street level heroes. They don't solve. And, that's and the, why you have the heroes, right? Tonight. That's what I'm saying. That era is done. The, you, it yeah. was, it was. There were acts Just, of desperation. Justice League Detroit is over. Okay, <laughs> but so you have. Oh, it's the same. It's the same thing. But when you it's have a, a god a, yeah. on your team, yeah, and a man that can work technological magic, and the best battle tactician in the Marvel universe, you don't need all these little. Yeah. I, I, I want to want to say piddly, well, but you you, you have you, you know, careful you there you don't because, need because well, you, they, you, you, you don't have always it, had don't. heroes that yeah. I mean, they didn't have Wolverine and Spider-Man, but arguably Wolverine and Spider-Man are hella more powerful than some of the other supporting cast members. That right, but around. it's not about power. It's about fleshing out the squad. You, right. you had the Vision and the Scarlet Witch because they performed a specific, specific task. Pacific. Right, Pacific. Toy boat. Uh, and, the and Submariner, you had She-Hulk, you had Captain Marvel. It's, yeah. it's, it's, Earth, it's Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Dr. Druid. Yeah, and well, you, you want Earth's Mightiest Heroes to be going up against Earth's Mightiest Threats and right. you like know and, and and you yeah you don't want it street level because you don't you know want to use a chainsaw to cut butter you know you you want to see like uh, extinction level threats and how they beat them it's kind of like you know Fantastic Four Fantastic Four is awesome whenever they embrace the the cosmic mm-hmm. and and what Hickman is doing now and like the Avengers right no, like I, to, to JLA, I don't want, I don't want you yeah. don't want to, to I mean there's no reason the JLA needs to spend six issues uh, fighting the Royal Flush Gang. I mean, honestly, that's, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. I, I don't want to I mean, see the event, Avengers going after muggers. I want to see them, you know, stopping Kang invasions. Rabbitron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, look, uh, Bendis has been at the helm of Avengers for a long time, uh, and I, I get the sense he's still going to be at the helm after Siege, but, but it does sound at least like, Vince, you may get what you've been hoping for, which is all these guys back together. I so. hope so. And I, I would love to see a melding of the Bendis technique with what Kurt Busick did on the post-Heroes Reborn Avengers, because that was some damn solid stuff. Howdy, this is Ford. Um, considering recent voicemails, I'm going to try and project three or four weeks ahead, and the only thing I can think of is the complete Alec experience, or whatever it's called, is the best shit out in town. Um, my cat ain't going to talk to you. My spouse is asleep. So, um, does anyone else look up on their bookshelf and see 99% black and white comics? Because that's what I saw this morning. And it was kind of exciting. There, I know there's color comics behind that, in that shelf, but it's like, um, AC reprints of the 80s, um, Lots of Viz manga, um, lots of Queen Country, blah 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 blah. Um, recent episode, I had lots of comments on. Can't remember shit. Um, Hickman's Fantastic Four is bringing it because I didn't know I liked Fantastic Four till Mike Ringo and um, Mark Wade did it, 
but after the fact, and there's hard, hard covers, which are beautiful, and I highly recommend everyone to pick up. And then McDuffie's run with Paul Palatier is genius. And then I made two, three issues into um, Mark Wade's make Mark Wade's run, and I don't know. I'm thinking of catching up because Jonathan Hickman's first issue was a genius. His miniseries, the Dark Rain thing, I got the first issue. It was okay. Blah blah blah. I can't remember shit. Um, people should pick up from first second press or first second blah blah. Um, Life sucks. Best vampire comic in a very long time. And then people should pick up from Viz, um, Oshimbo. If you like food, if you like Japanese cuisine, if you like anything, you like funny comics, pick up that. That's a volume every two months. And if you like superhero comics, I'll grasp and I'll say, fuck it, it doesn't matter. Grab me in. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Hulk, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Every issue, if it's your first issue on the title, it's great. Congrats. Congrats. And it's really good because you should stick with it. Because it's your first title in that circumstance and stick with it. And congratulations because it might be okay. But anyway... I want to talk about Berlin. Excellent band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, go get them down. Do I have time to talk about Berlin? You have oh, all the time you want. Okay. We talked real briefly at the end of last week's show about this book I picked up by Jason Lutz. And it is kind of like his passion project, I guess you would call it. This is um, a major undertaking that he's doing. It is uh, going to eventually be three volumes and the first two have come out. The first volume is called City of Stones, and it is a graphic novel that takes place in Germany between uh, September of 1928 to May of 1929. And if you know your world history, um, you can guess that, that Germany was a pretty pretty interesting place at that time in history. You had um, the end of the Weimar Republic and the rise of a couple different political parties in Germany. You had the uh, the communist and and the fascist, even though they're called the uh, uh, the National Socialist Republic or the National Socialist at the time. The basic setup of Berlin is that it is a journalist and a uh, an art student and it's it's a very ground level look at the city of berlin in this time of like major political and social and economic upheaval in germany between the first and second world war it was in a word awesome i'm i'm a history buff and i loved every second of this because it it really gave me a very human view of how a country can very slowly lose its mind and it's really kind of scary uh as you as you look at um how desperate the people in this country became it, it's kind of eye-opening 
because you you see what people are capable of doing and what kind of concessions they're willing to make whenever they become very desperate for for basic necessities or perceived necessities and comforts in their life and uh you know that's that's one of the things that you know I always grew up with that question of um you know Nazis are evil how could an entire country be evil and Berlin is a really interesting look into how people aren't evil but the masses can very um very slowly over time lose their mind and and that's what happened to that country and it has stuck with me now for about 2 weeks and i find myself you know kind of even throughout the day thinking about certain things that happen in it so it's 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 awesome i, I once that. you told us to read it i did some looking around for my issues i have about 4 mm-hmm. or 5 of them i have to say i i didn't read it again but what i remember from it it was a little too dry for me and that's not saying anything about the the art or the writing i'm just not a big fan of history it, it's 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 kind of um true fiction it's yeah uh, yeah i mean there's no space aliens or yeah. you no know, supernatural <laughs> stuff it is it's a very very realistic um slice of life look at berlin you know 1929 yeah again not to comment on the writing or the art because jason lutz is a fantastic creator but it's it's the uh, the Chester Brown thing. Whereas I was bored to tears by Louis Riel, mm-hmm. his his historical work. But I love Ed the Happy Clown to death. So it's just it's the subject matter that kind of turned me away. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that's just personal preference. But uh, the historical never really does anything for me. And well, that, that's mean, a shortcoming I mean, in myself. Yeah. It, no, that's, I mean, that's just personal preference. Like, you know, we've talked about Queen and Country. You're not the, the biggest Queen and Country fan because that's something that's very, um, uh, very grounded in reality and, yeah. and it's very, it's very nuts and bolts and it can be, it can be kind of dry. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's okay. I, it's something that, that but it's I, good. but it's, it's very well done. And this is, in its execution, pretty flawless as far as, you know, my untrained eye could see. It is meticulously researched. Yep. And from a, um, from an art standpoint and, and draftsman standpoint, first of all, he's a fantastic cartoonist. Yeah. But his attention to architectural detail is so so unbelievable i mean he is drawing i mean it's one thing to draw a city it's another thing entirely to draw a city from a historical perspective the amount of research involved and attention to detail and i i think that this is research this so so impeccably that this is berlin 1928 1929 but yeah i mean it's 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 very it's very historical in its in its scope there aren't major action um or or huge events that that happen in this i mean it's i mean you're not reading avengers forever here there's a subtlety in the action but that's that's what fascinated me about it is that you know no country falls under fascist dictatorship whenever they were you know a a republic no country does that overnight 
it's a it's a slow burn you know it's uh it's it's kind of you know the 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 frog and the pot of water kind of thing it's like how do you boil a frog well you do it slowly you know if you throw a frog into a, a boiling pot of water it jumps it jumps right out but if you slowly heat up the water it you know it won't notice how hot it's getting that's kind of the same thing it's like the slow burn in in the country and they they very they very slowly gave up what made them the proud country that they were and that's how they that's how they basically came under the power of a of a madman and it kind of scares me whenever i look at my own country and and think about how much things have changed in the last 10 years and 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 certain concessions that we've a country and you know i don't want to get on that you know soapbox but i kind of see how it can happen i i no, sir, I, I see how it can happen now it's like it's it's these very small steps that you don't notice and it's like wow shit that's that's how that shit happens and it's yeah. it's 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 very scary it's and even that, that worse way. now because Back then, they did not have the luxury of a 24-7 media outlet or a media mouthpiece. Now, it's lightning fast. That shit happens a lot quicker. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Because you are pummeled with carefully constructed news bits that push you in the direction that certain... People yeah. want you pushed in, yeah. And, and and you and you see that you see the in this book the the subtle maneuverings of these of these political movements as they try and grapple for power and what they're doing and and but but it's all from the this very street level perspective of mm-hmm. of Berlin. I mean, it's the it's the Jewish paper boy. It's the 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 woman who poses for the for the art class but is also you know a burlesque performer it's the uh um the woman who um had to leave her husband and and takes her two young children and they end up living in this like communist you know commune it's it's all of these different the lesbian art student i mean it's just all of these nice. different yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you and you start seeing that this cloud, this foreboding cloud of what you know is is going to happen in this country, and and you know you know that a lot of these people aren't going to come out of this alive. I mean, there's there's no way a Jewish lesbian in Berlin is going to survive over the next you know eight years it's like this person is either going to leave germany or she's going to be dead you know and that's yeah it's it's crazy it's 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 a pretty weighty book but i was i was blown away by it i have a comment about queen and country of all things Uh, a a friend of mine uh just bought the first volume of the definitive queen and country Mm -hmm. he loved it and i've read through half of the third so I, i read pretty much the bulk of it and I told him, I said, that first story never gets better than that for me. Yeah. That first story is absolutely perfect. And every story after, kind of technically well done, artistically beautiful. But I think he said everything about Tara Chase in that first story that needed to be said. He, he set the tone for the entire series in the yeah. first story. Put her yeah, behind, put her behind enemy lines, showed her resourcefulness in getting out of there in one piece it was just perfect and every other story paled in comparison to that one for me but he didn't think so he said oh no it gets better towards the end and it's just awesome he, there's another queen and country fan out there that makes about makes about five of us <laughs> six buddy Ooh. all right all right there that's uh yeah and hopefully new novel 2011 i think <laughs> something something along those lines 2000 late 2010 
is what Greg wow. was saying. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, do yourself a favor. If you haven't read the first definitive edition, pick it up. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, was it 20 bucks? bucks? Yeah, 20 yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, for that much, for that much story, if you're an espionage fan at all, pick it up. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, Roll, and Rolston, I mean, visually set the style guide for that, for that series, and he is so good. That's actually, uh, Jason Lutz, um, from, Berlin reminds me of of Steve Rolston a lot. It's like a blanket, like a warm fuzzy blanket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who read New Mutants number five? No, not yet. Not no, yet, buddy. All right, next week. <laughs> oh, and by by the, be, before I forget, um, uh, Berlin Volume One is uh, two hundred nine pages. It retails for nineteen ninety five and is published by Drawn and Quarterly. Ah, DQ, cool. Yep. Amazon. Hey Vince, you've been you've been loving the uh, the biweekly Hercules fix. Yes, I have, uh, I and I like I like the way it flip flops between the Hercules mm-hmm. narrative and the show. That's really cool. Yep, I have to say I really uh, I really am liking uh, Riley Brown on the Hercules side of things. He's uh, I, I'm digging his I'm digging his stuff. So I don't know if he's going to be on for a while or not, but but uh, so far so good. And and look at look at the the narratives. You you have uh, Hercules masquerading as a Thor and a, and a Thor uh, in the Asgardian contingent masquerading as a Hercules and then take note of what's going on over in the Amadeus Cho storyline. Oh, it's brilliant! It, it's far more intellectual than any mainstream superhero comic needs to be, but it works. Very. Cool. Oh hell yeah, it works. Yeah. All right. Well, we've shot our load for this week. I think I can edit that part out. That's just dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't have that. It talks about a lot of comics from we, at least two did. companies. <laughs> no, we talked about a lot of companies. It's not, you know, I, I Aris, uh, Quirly, Image, DC, Marvel. What DC? Uh, what DC? Uh, what DC IDW. We what? talked about. Uh, we talked about Wonder Woman for a bit. We talked about the Morrison Johns news. Oh. Yeah, a little oh, bit, a okay. little bit, but and not about an actual book. I was going to say, I, had, I, I never knew I'd, I was going to be on uh, um, the thirty fourth episode of Bullpen Boltons. It's entirely my fault. It is. Well, it is my I fault. I think of late we've been talking a lot about Marvel. I actually think this yeah. episode, we, we actually talked about six or seven different companies. So I, I think... You know, it's weird, but it's so in keeping with my personality. I don't even read the majority of the DC news anymore. I just don't care. I, I, I know partly why, but it's just that's just my personality. There, It's like a switch. Every two or three years, bingo, it gets flipped, and, and I just cyclical. want nothing and, to well, do you with could, it. You could see that most evident, Vince. Where's that? You're going from absolutely orgasmic analysis of Wednesday comics to saying, ah, you stopped reading it. I, yeah. I think that's 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 subconsciously endemic of your <laughs> complete lack of interest in DC now. Yeah. So. yeah it happens. Yeah. That's, 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 that's it's just I'm an all or nothing type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I are, need... me, I, I'm, I'm still dreading the uh, moment when you just decide you don't want to do uh, a podcast anymore. Nope, it's not going to happen. There are fail safes in in place that will not let that happen. Nice. Because okay. we, no, because we we talk about the broad spectrum of comics. We could talk about any book from any publisher. Bullpen Bulletins was too specific. Hell, he talked about coloring today. David broke my heart when he got all Mr. Highfalutin decided to go on on his own, but I lived with it. Let's not go there. I've done that dance before. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. We're going to be talking some fun stuff next week, and I I will tease it, 
if I if, if I may, just like I did Berlin last week, Tickle. and and it's and it's a thank you, it's a thank you um, to Mr. Wood because, um, buddy, I'm about halfway done with your Christmas present oh, from boy. last year. Look at that! Yeah. Oh, oh, cool! Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. so we're gonna be gonna be talking some uh, some ten cent plague. Oh, we're next, okay. next week. So, cool. yep, cool, cool, yep. right on. I downloaded wow. the sample of that on uh, on Renee's Kindle. Hopefully, I'll get to read it. Yeah, the Kindle yeah. just dropped in price. I'm I'm thinking about going and buying one. Finally, pony uh, up. Get- wait, wait for the Apple tablet. <laughs> I keep waiting. Though. That's the thing. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> wait, 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 wait for no. I'll wait buy, for the buy, Apple. I'll get both. I don't care. Wait, wait for the Apple tablet. J Money. Yes, oh, right. stop, stop it. I, I just, just pull buy, out. I just buy two of these. I just buy. That's all right. I'm only one of you mooks that doesn't have a, anyone that owns an iPhone or a Mac uh, can't talk about uh, spending money on gadgets because one thing Apple is not shy about is, is, is they're not the low-cost provider of gadgets, especially I mean, what you pay for. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I mean, you know. It's true. Just don't is, upgrade to uh, Snow Leopard. No, I'm not yet. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do I got my, I got my tease for next week. Tease it, baby. Vince, I... Uh... Hi. I've read Incredible Hulk number 600. Yeah, I don't know if all I right. like the sound of that, though. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And hopefully I'll finish one book that I've uh, passed the halfway point. I just I put it down recently to read a few other things, but I, I hope to uh, get back to and maybe even finish the Celestial Edition of uh, Godland for next week. Yeah, oh, you know what? Nice. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I read about half of it and just got off to other things and never went back to it. I'll finish it in week. So I okay, can, cool. Yeah, cool. Oh, All so right. you're both reading Godland? Yeah. Just I'll, the, I'll, just I'll, the first I'll, article. I'll next week. Mm-hmm. I'll do the same. How about that? Okay. Cool. Read, I can read some Godland. Absolutely. All right. That's cool. That's what we'll do. It's be, It'll be a, like a it's 11 a book o'clock book, book club. Can we have like Tom Scioli o- on? Like Oprah. Is that this? <laughs> yeah. Tom, if you're listening, buddy. Why are you starting? Come on up. Just stop. <laughs> I just yeah. love this book. I loved it. Um, <laughs> That's my shit, this book. I really, I got West Coast Blues by Jacques Tardy in my uh, DCBS box this week, and I'm dying to read it, but I won't read it for next week. I was going to read it for next week. Uh, I, will, I will read Godland, the Celestial Edition, because I want to go back and reread it. Nice. Okay. I was going to read the, uh, I was going to read the, uh, the new Jeffrey Kent, uh, the new, <laughs> the, Matt the new Matt Kent book, uh, but, uh, but I'll read the, yeah, I'll read Godland and we'll do cool. Kent another time. It's a plan. We have a plan for one. Nice. And if, if you're listening Listeners to this, play along. yes, on your media device, and you have access to the first 12 issues of Godland, is it? I'm think, I think it's yep. the first 12. Is it the first? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Read them, because we'll, we'll be talking about it next week. Nice. We'll be all giddy and gushy, because Godland is the shit. <laughs> it's totally, it's <laughs> it really totally cosmic, is. Dude. We could talk about drugs and uh, Iboga <laughs> and all that stuff. We'll and get into and it. it. And it's actually, ironically, in keeping with Bullpen Bullens' history. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so... This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. That's dcbservice.com. Find them on the web. Get your books at significant discounts, sometimes up to 75% off certain books. They spotlight titles uh, once a month, and those titles are massively discounted. But the typical discount uh, probably begins around 30 35%, and goes all the way up to 75 So you cannot go wrong with this service. Good people, good service, good packing, shipment at the frequency you desire, right to your door, delivered by a costumed... Cust- ah, I screwed it up. A uniformed custodian of the United Parcel Service. So, uh, see, I don't you, know why I would couldn't do that earlier. And right now... <laughs> he screwed it up, just like I did. He, I did. Uh, 
the October order form is available for the book shipping in December. Ah, yes. And I forgot to tell you, I got a free exclusive print of the Arthur Soydum cover with my issue of Van Prella. Sweet. Coming to, yeah, and it, and it actually says exclusive to DCBS service. Oh, on the, on speaking the of exclusives, yeah. Uh, there's, uh, I believe Steve Bryant has a few things yes, for I got one. October order form. I got, I got a Steve Bryant print Sweet. in my book. It's uh, number 53 of 200. Yep, I did nice. as well. The Athena Voltaire print? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think David's alluding to the fact that uh, Steve's the sketch uh, art books, book, right? Yeah, yeah his, his uh, sketchbooks are available exclusively through DCBS this month. And uh, and uh, I think he's providing some goodies with them, right? I, I don't yeah. I forget. Yeah. He, he'll chime in on the forums and, and, and give us the details because he's, he's a... a active participant in the community but uh yeah he's got some goodness coming so. i was gonna say i picked up my steve bryant print and tucked inside the flap of the plastic it's sealed in was a ticket for an annual spaghetti supper <laughs> i don't i don't think this came with it one of my kids must be pulling a fast one on me nice that's funny. That's funny. and bef- in your travels please be sure to read tmz by mr brian wood um well, I mean, caught up, be, did you? Uh, I just read the the seventh trade, uh, War Powers, and thought it was one of the stronger uh, efforts in the last. Well, it's been over a year, I guess, because this is about what every every four to six months has come out. So yeah, I thought this was one of the better uh, arcs in a long time. So ah. uh, read the Mighty Avengers. Oh boy! Hey, hails oh, yeah. Boy. Read along with me and uh, read Bone. I'm uh, on Aww. volume. Uh, I just finished uh, volume two, the uh, the Great Cow Race, and uh, wow. moving on to uh, Eyes of the Storm, the uh, the third nice. volume of Bone, and uh, and enjoying Bone immensely. Love me some Bone. Mm. <laughs> he likes the. <laughs> Uh, that's, yes, sir. That's I meant low. that in every way possible. We don't want to go low, bro. I don't mention this company enough, but I have to say that whenever I read a book published by them, I always thoroughly enjoy it from the first page to the last. They're always chunky, meaty reads, lots of pages, lots of art. Read Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the current miniseries Donatello. The Brain Thief. Just a lot of fun. Jim Lawson's art is so good. Brian Talbot. Uh, uh, Eric Talbot. They're, they're so much fun. <laughs> Brian, and, Brian Talbot's doing no, the uh, Sorry, Holy Eric shit. Talbot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be trippy, wouldn't it? Uh, just Mara- They're the unsung heroes of, of comics. They, they put out super quality material, and nobody seems to, well, besides Joey, malpractice, nobody seems to bring up the Turtles books, and I got to say, they're great. They're really good. Thank you for being with us, and uh, we'll be back next week. We love you so much. Peace out. Well, Vince loves you. I just like to hold you. <laughs> David likes to lie to you. you inappropriately. David what? The, I said, I just like to fondle you inappropriately under the table. Not inappropriate, <laughs> Ew.